You seem very much alone, John Spartan, but things aren't all that different. Perhaps you'd like to hear an oldie station. Oldies? Oh, what a relief! This is the most popular station in town. Wall-to-wall mini-tunes. You call them commercials. Here's that classic you've all been waiting for. The number one request of the day. Armor Hot Dogs. Oh, wow. This is my fave. Kids, kids who climb on rocks. Dog, kids, sissy kids. Even kids with to another episode of The Action Returns. This is episode 13. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is Nez. What's up? I'm good, brother. How you doing up there? Oh, surviving. It's getting cold up here. Uh, weather's not been great, but uh, can't complain. Uh, it was like 80 low. I think it was like 81 today. Um, we're pushing 59 right now. And still in the 80s, then we go back to the 90s next week. Uh, I thought we were going to drop to the 70s, but I guess not. So, Still uh, summer, since it's I guess it's fall now, I don't know. But weather is wacky down here. Still all smoky. It cleared up uh, for a few days, and then the wind shifted, and now it's all back. So... Hmm. Uh, it's burning up in the house, fans everywhere, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I could get some of that heat because it, it's it's getting chilly. Like how but, chilly? What's what's chilly? Uh, let's see what it is right now. It is twenty seven degrees. Oh man. <laughs> and uh, my my app on my phone's actually telling me it's supposed to snow tonight, which completely just ruined my day right there. When it snows, is it like feet or inches? You know, the the with the weather's been changing, you know, not just here, you know, everywhere. It's um the last few years it it'll snow and then it'll be gone like in, in a day or two but it used to be like when it snowed that first it would just dump like feet but uh our our winters haven't been actually that cold so some sometimes there's been a couple days where it snowed then it's melted then it snows then it melts so you know we'll just have to see all righty well uh, when it snows here, yeah, as soon as the sun comes out, it's like gone. So the kids run out there playing it when they can, and then the next day it's mud. <laughs> so uh, it sucks for them, especially when they're all sledding down the street. I mean, they'll go out there at night if it's snowing just to play in the snow because they know once the sun comes out in the morning, that's it. So, but uh, I'm past all that. I'm too old to be out there. Yeah, me, me too. <clears throat> All right, uh, you ready to get into these movies? Let's do it. 
All right, we're going to start with uh, 1993's Demolition Man. He's a cop from the 90s who just woke up in the 21st century. Not many people get a second chance, John Spartan. She's his new partner. What I wouldn't do for some action. With all the right moves. I'm impressed. And all the wrong phrases. You take this job, you can shovel it. Close enough. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man. Rated R. Starts Friday, October 8th at a theater near you. A police officer is brought out of suspended animation in prison to pursue an old, ultra-violent nemesis who is loose in a non-violent future society. This stars, of course, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock. Uh, who else has got... Um, Nigel Hawthorne, Benjamin Bratt, Dennis Leary, Bill Cobb. Bob Gunton, Glenn Shaddix, and a whole bunch of other people. This is directed by Marco Brambilla. Not, never heard of that name. Uh, this is produced, of course, by Joel Silver. Screenplay by Daniel Walters, Robert Renault, and Peter M. Lenkov. What did you think of Demolition Man? Isn't Jesse the body in this as well? I'm trying to... Yeah, he, he's in there for like a five second. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Demolition Man. Um, Was this before or after Judge Dredd? Oh, this... Uh, I hope it was before. Okay. Um, I think it was before. Uh, Demolition Man. Uh, th this is one I can watch over and over. I mean, it comes on TV like all the time. Uh, we did see it the first weekend it opened. I mean, because this was probably the end or, not, or coming towards the end of uh, Sly's uh, in the theater run. Because then it just went straight to VOD with uh, a ton of films, which some of those were awesome uh, as well. Don't uh, count him out, but. Uh, I enjoyed this one for what it was, uh, the futuristic thing. I mean, I think the biggest thing to me before I actually saw the film was, uh, I don't know if any of you guys uh, read The Inquirer. I read them a lot because my job had them laying all over the place. The pictures of Stallone, they were saying, there's nude pictures of Stallone in his new film and uh, Demolition Man. And I'm like, what? And then they show him standing there, but then there's something over him. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess he's going to show all his glory to us in this one. Um, they didn't. <laughs> so I was, I guess you got to print stuff to, to print uh, the National Enquirer. <laughs> I, I think that's still in print unless it just went straight to online, but I don't know. But anyway, so that was the first uh, things that I had seen before the, uh, the trailer came out. The trailer came out. I was like, oh, sweet. Wesley Snipes, uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, and I was like, all right, cool. A, f a futuristic Stallone film. Because I want to say, I think the last futuristic Stallone film, if if Judge Dredd wasn't in front of this, I, I, but I'm pretty sure it was after, I would probably say was Death Race 2000. That was in the future. Um, I don't think he did anything sci-fi-wise. I mean, that, that I can think of. Maybe someone's yelling at me uh, about some other film, but... Overall, I did love this film. It's pure Stallone. It's pure Wesley Snipes. 
a uh, lot of action, uh, a few one-liners here and there. And uh, I think it was like an action comedy because there was a lot of comedy in this. You you also mm-hmm. you have what's his nuts in it um, when he's on the screen. He's just as funny. Uh, Dennis Leary, uh, all his little one liner things were good. Um, uh, Rob Schneider. Yeah, Rob Schneider. He was funny when he popped up on the screen. It so, says Jack Jack Black was one of the the wasteland scraps. I didn't see him. I if he was, I mean, it was probably young. Uh, Jack Black before we knew who he was now um, yeah there he is I, I I have to rewatch it again I wasn't paying attention for Jack Black so I don't know um, but uh, this was something new to me I didn't know this uh, the mainframe computer voice was uh, Adrian Barbeau she was uncredited so nice. uh, that's pretty sweet um, but yeah I mean overall this film was good I liked it for what it was it didn't it didn't really waste time uh, it jumps right into a, a futuristic Los Angeles when it's just hell on earth and probably predicted the future because Hollywood was on fire. And mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, I thought all that was cool. And then we find out who the demolition man is, uh, John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone, and uh, his arch nemesis, uh, Simon Phoenix. Uh, awesome. Uh, the bl- blade uh, of the original blade before the sticky fingers. And who's the new blade? Um, uh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that. But I don't know what's happening now. I know Marvel like just halted everything. But I don't know when it comes out. Definitely, we'll be back uh, to talk about it. But um, Sandra Bullock, I had seen her in some other things. Uh, I know Speed was before this one, and uh, there was a one movie i think it was love potion number nine i think that was oh yeah late 80s i would say uh benjamin bratt it was cool to see him i liked him in uh all kinds of films um dennis leary was a a comedian and he, he was all over mtv when mtv was mtv now it's not um but yeah i mean i thought it was cool man i mean like i said it jumps off right into the action and then it rolls into the comedy and then uh, the action begins and it just went from there all the way to the end there was a couple slow parts in the film but uh it was more of just uh story building uh, of who simon phoenix was and who dr uh, raymond is it cocktail cocktail yeah who he was and his new uh it wasn't called Los Angeles. What was it? San oh. Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> the be well and all that type of stuff. <laughs> but uh, overall, man, I thought the film was awesome. I definitely love it. This is one I can uh, watch over and over. And uh, if you are flipping around on the channels, I know I'd seen it a billion times. I, I'll, I'll, no matter what part it's on, I'll click onto it and, and uh, watch it and still enjoy it all the way to the end. But yeah, Demolition Man, I think it's an awesome film. Yeah, I agree with you. I could watch this anytime it comes on. You know, Stallone's great in it. Wesley's badass in it. This is uh, one of the one of the films I really like. Sandra Bullock in it. Um, don't really get much of Benjamin Brad. You know, he's he, he'll always be Paco to me from Blood In Blood Out. Yes, but uh, you don't really get much of him. Uh, I like Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary in it. Uh, yeah, the comedy was there, and I, I really like these. Um, these future movies, watching them to watching these old future, future movies uh, for them trying to figure out what the future was going to be like. And I'm so glad a lot of this 
didn't happen with the because in this future you can't eat anything good you can't smoke you can't do there's so many things you can't do because you can't have salt and it is ridiculous you have to get a license to have a bait which well i I don't know maybe that might be a good idea for certain people but uh, (laughs) but um yeah the action was good um we got to see uh, – I like the difference in styles because, you know, Stallone in his movies, he's just brute force. And then you got the martial arts style of uh, Wesley Snipes, Simon Phoenix. And, um, yeah, I remember when this movie came out, the whole Taco Bell thing. Uh, uh, as soon as this movie came out, Dennis Rodman had the blonde hair and they were calling him – they were calling it the Demolition Man style. And, uh, yeah, love this movie. Um. Uh, a few years back, they I, I thought they were going to announce a Demolition Man 2, but they didn't. Um, at the San Diego Comic-Con, they had uh, one of those pop-up uh, little restaurants, and it was Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And they were going, it was the whole uh, Demolition Man thing. Because um, back in, what was what was the year in this? 2032, uh, Taco Bell basically takes over. And I was kind of like, wait, what? So when I we were walking around uh, downtown um, San Diego and we saw this Taco Bell, but it didn't it was only going to be open for one night, which was stupid. And the line went like around the block a few times. And I was like, I'm not standing in line just to get a taco. So but I mean, what it looked cool and everything. And they were handing out uh, Demolition Man stuff. But um, forgot where I was going with this. Um what did you say right before I started talking about Taco Bell? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, everyone, uh, it's late. <laughs> I think I was talking about Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he was good on the court, yes. But but Wesley, <laughs> yes, he did have the, the blonde hair. I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but then it just, I was like, all right, you're used to it now. But um, I thought this was a, a different kind of uh wesley because we we had seen him in all kinds of other films but then when this one him to uh be the bad guy i wouldn't say this was the the first film where he was the bad guy um but uh as far as action was did his action uh films already start this time uh let's pull yeah i did right uh here. passenger 57 that one was before this mm. uh because everything else he had um New Jack City, Jungle Fever, White Man Can't Jump. Uh, he wasn't King of New York, but he was more of a co-star. I think, looking at IMDb, it looks like his uh, jump to action was Passenger 57 in uh, mm-hmm. 92, which we definitely need to cover. I love that film. Oh, we will. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he started there, Passenger 57, because then everything else... Uh, he started doing all that. They did a Demolition Man video game? Yeah, I think it was back in the day. I don't think it was that great. I don't even I know they made everything in the video games, but I yeah. I, I don't remember that, but um I think out of everybody in this film, I mean we already know who Stallone is and oh it was for Sega. Okay, I, I had Sega, but I don't never saw this game. But um he was probably to me the standout character uh, in this uh, Simon Phoenix. So, I mean, I really loved what he did. I mean, he kicks ass, of course. He knows the martial arts. I thought that was pretty sweet. What I loved was 
what they did to them when they uh, put them in the little cryogenic mm-hmm. freeze thing. Um, or when they, I guess when they, uh, some of them that were, because they froze them and then didn't they, no, they did the trial first and then they froze them. Or was, am I thinking vice versa? They did the trial first, I believe. All right. So, because uh, I was wondering, I mean, why, why did they put the little uh, chips or whatever in their heads to make them do... Uh, like Stallone's when he when he got out, he knew how to knit sweaters and blankets and stuff like that. Quilts. I think it was for rehabilitation. I think that's what they said. So they would have a skill when they eventually got out, which I don't know. Like some of the names they were saying were on ice were like Jeffrey Dahmer. So I don't know when he was ever going to get out. Yeah, I mean, I figured if they did these to prisoners, I mean, especially to Simon Phoenix, he he would have been frozen like forever. Because yeah. I mean, when they ran down the list of stuff that he did, it was like all kinds of shit. And uh, John Spartan, well, he was uh, blamed for uh, the murders of uh, all of Simon Phoenix's hostages. So then he got frozen. I kind of thought that one was. Yeah, you got all the bodies for the for evidence, but they, they didn't seem like they really did much uh, detective work. But uh, oh, there, there was zero detective work. <laughs> they immediately told him, "I hope you have a lawyer." I was like, "Damn!" He, he was still at the crime scene in there. Already. <laughs> I was like, "All right," but I guess you do what you got to do to to move the film along because. Um, uh, what was it? What year was the beginning? I want to say it was in the nineties. Um, Nineteen ninety six. All right, and that was when uh, it was just hell on earth in uh, in L A. Because that's when uh, Simon Phoenix had uh, like a bunch of hostages. He said he was going to kill them all, and then they call in the demolition man, and he comes in tearing in. He kind of reminded me of his entrance, like in uh, Cobra. How they I call him and then, <laughs> here he comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was sweet. And then he, he gets into it with Simon Phoenix. But then he does find out that uh, all those people were already dead. And because um, he was supposed to go in and get all the hostages. But Simon Phoenix wasn't going to do it because he was going to blow up wherever they were, whatever building they were in. Yeah. And one thing I really liked about how Wesley played this character, because this Simon Phoenix before he got frozen was you can tell he wasn't really a match for John Spartan, not until he, um, when they put him on the ice and um, the cocktail guy kind of programs him with you know all the martial arts and all that extra stuff. I like how he played it right here. Yeah, I mean, because I think if well, then that would have been the end of the film and we wouldn't have got what we got. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think totally uh, Spartan would have just took out Phoenix right then and there. Cause um, I think he, he 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 was one of those cops. He was gonna go in. He was gonna be like, uh, I'm gonna come out dead or alive, or that that's how the whole. Th- the, I'm gonna bring out Simon Phoenix dead or alive. I mean, that's the kind of cop he was in this. Basically, just a, if Cobra was still a, a, a police officer in '96, which he probably was. I mean, Cobra wasn't that long ago, good 10, 15 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I, yeah, I liked how it started. I mean, this film like moved like really fast. It wasn't. It was only 115 minutes long. It, w- it wasn't very long, and um, it, like I said, it did drag in some spots. But like with, with the action and to to get more to to the futuristic part uh, of the film, it was like instantly. Like this whole beginning scene was 
before the actual uh, opening credits started, which I thought was really sweet. I liked how they did that because mm-hmm. after we find out that, that all those bodies were dead and Simon Phoenix is telling the cops, he goes, I told him, but he didn't care. So that's that's why uh, that's how John Spartan gets uh, framed for murder. And then they just freeze him. And this is when it comes into the him standing there naked and they didn't show anything. <laughs> so basically teased all the women in the world that uh, we were gonna, they were going to see Stallone. But I think you could see Stallone before all that. Because from what I understand, uh, I guess he dabbled in the adult entertainment in his earlier career. I never seen any of those, but that's just what I heard. Anyway. Got so, to make your money. Yeah, you do. I mean, the the struggle is real, especially in the, in the beginning stages of Hollywood. But... Mm-hmm. I, I like, like I said, I love the beginning, uh, the opening credits because once he, they put him into the the little little circle chamber, plexiglass chamber, and uh, it didn't look like they filled it up with water. It looked like it filled it up with some kind of goo or, or yeah, something. it was more thicker. Yeah, and uh, stunt and a half uh, if that was Stallone really in there. I mean, because I'm sure he could probably push the top off if he needed air but i loved how they filled that up and just i think more of the panic uh if anything uh if this was really possible uh, before they dropped in that little ball that little blue ball and little blue marble that just uh mm-hmm. froze you instantly i thought that special especially for um what year did this come out 93 mm-hmm. i mean i liked the effect of that i mean because once that little thing hit boom sh- and then they just instantly froze and then the the credits start, and you see different angles of uh, Stallone's naked body. When she had muscles like everywhere, even in his cheeks, but not the ones on his face. So I mean, I, I really like the the opening sequences of everything on why I mean how they showed it all. Mm-hmm. Then we flash forward to how many years? Because it's twenty thirty two. Twenty thirty two. So that's over thirty years. So. I think uh, 44, 42. Did, all right, because it goes Probably right. doing the math wrong. <laughs> it goes to uh, uh, 2032 San, An- San Angeles. I guess it was like a mega. I'm looking at like this on Wikipedia. A mega op- megaopolis formed from the merger of Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara. Uh, that's pretty big, especially from L.A. to San Diego. I mean, that's that's a, a lot of basically the bottom half of California. But um, I always you, wanted to know how the rest of California worked. I don't know. I think I, it seemed like they never really mentioned any other parts of, of the country, much less California. They just yeah. focused on uh, San Angeles and um I was like, this. How did this one dude, the doctor, what was his name? Cocteau. Yeah, how did he. Or what did he sell to everyone to form his his own San Angeles? Basically taking over. I guess he was. I don't know if he was the mayor or governor of San Angeles. I, I don't know. How, what, how did he sell that to them? To, and was his laws everywhere, or was it just uh, his part of California? He's, I don't know, it, it's almost like he's a cult leader, because one man pushing these kinds of changes on this big of an area is, you know, I, that's just how I kind of 
pictured him because they don't say he they just call him Dr. Cocteau. They don't say he's the president or the mayor or the governor or nothing. And uh, he I, I don't know. I always kind of wanted that backstory because um, to, to push the, the, these kinds of restrictions on people, you you have to have a gift of gab right there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would have to be a cult, but they went more with the uh, the Japanese style uh, clothing with the with the um, kimono looking things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would want to live in that type of uh, California. I mean, that's why uh, Dennis Leary when they they didn't want to uh, live that way. They didn't want to conform to these crazy uh, laws, basically. And they, they just went underground. I don't know if I would have went underground. I would have went somewhere else. But I definitely wouldn't have been a part of this. I would have been a part of um, Dennis Leary's crew. And what was his name? Um, uh, fuck, what was his name? Yeah. Uh, uh, Edgar Friendly. Yep, there you go. I would have been more with uh, uh, Edgar Friendly's crew. But I don't know if I would have been wearing... Uh, rubber tires and and all that. No, you that was to. that was uh, uh, Simon Phoenix's crew. They had the uh, the rubber tires and all that. Friendly, Friendly's crew. Some of them had that too. You know, I, apparently that's what you you got to get Mad Max style for some reason. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, rubbers, rub, especially rubber tires, man. That that that's heavy, <laughs> but. Well, I mean, Simon Phoenix, they, he has some big guys with him. So I did, I did like the uh, the styles of, of the Simon Phoenix and Edgar Friendly's crew. I no way out of did uh, the cocktail stuff because they just they they looked stupid. Even I mean, just the uh, the civilians of San Angeles, the way they were walking around, all the the be well. I mean, I like that aspect of it, um, but nah, I don't think I could wear all that crap and the. Uh, the the 2032 police uniforms i mean they weren't they weren't even police uniforms i mean they just was like suits really but then again there was no crime uh because they didn't they didn't have guns they had what were those little flashy uh, light glow, sticks glow sticks or something <laughs> yeah so I mean, yeah because when when simon phoenix breaks out and he commits a murder. They have to look up what a one eight seven is because they have no idea what that means. I mean, even even that scene when uh, when he starts going on his rampage, and then uh, Rob Schneider goes, "We're police officers. We're not trained for that." I'm like, <laughs> "How do you just? I want to be a, a police officer." And all right, come on. It's I'm like. Whoa. I don't know. I guess it's a futuristic movie, but I don't know if I'd want to live in that type of future. Hopefully it ain't like that in uh, 2032. Uh, hopefully I'm around <laughs> in that year. <laughs> but, oh, man. I mean, but uh, I did not like the, uh, other than the rules and, and the dressing, I, di- I didn't like um, the... The, how I was did they were these actual buildings that were there or was this was this all sets that they built? I mean, when they were outside, that uh, I'm gonna go with sets because they they never really went in anywhere other than um, 
the prison and the police station, Taco Bell and underground kind of seemed like everywhere they went. They, uh, when they were driving around, when they were, when they were on their way to Taco Bell, when, um, uh, Spartan and, uh, what the hell was Sandra Bullock's name? Uh, Lanina Huxley. Oh yeah. I was, yeah, I was about to say Huxley. Um, there's a scene, uh, when they're driving and they're, they're just driving down the road and there's a futurist, futuristic looking building. That's actually the, for those of you that don't know, that's the uh, San Diego convention center. Hmm. Uh, I did not realize that, and I've been there a jillion times since 2005 for Comic-Con. Uh, I think not this watch, but the watch before is when I realized, shit, that's the convention center. I just never really paid attention. And I, by that at that point, uh, I think that was sometime last year when I watched. Whenever it hit Hulu, it was uh, the before this previous watch was the last time I'd seen it. And I had seen it millions of times before that and never realized that that was uh, the convention center. But so I knew that place was a real building, but, um, the introduction to all the police officers uh, in this was, uh, Huxley, uh, Garcia, uh, other than Cocteau. What was the, his little cronies, Dr. Cut cronies guy, the guy from Beetlejuice. What, what uh, was it? Also- yeah, that's that's what I think every time I see him. Uh, Associate Bob, yeah, <laughs> Glenn <right>. Shaddix. <laughs> um, I liked all that. And the 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 main the officer that I loved once they brought, um, well, Simon Phoenix and Spartan were both frozen in, in their little cryogenic prison that they uh, they thought out. Uh, what was the reasoning for unthawing Simon Phoenix? I don't remember. Uh, parole hearing. Okay, because then when he got out, like like we said, they they put uh, those um, rehabilitation things in him, and he just he knew how to speak different languages, and he didn't know how, and then he was able to break out uh, of the thing, and before he went on his rampage and just started tearing up uh, San Angeles, but then they they needed someone to uh, stop him because none of the the cops of twenty thirty two knew how to stop him. Uh, so that's when they were saying we need to get get a get a uh, cop that could, and that's when they uh, decided to um, unfreeze uh, John Spartan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, send a maniac to catch a maniac. The part I liked is once after they unfroze him, and he was like, he was he didn't know what the hell was going. Still on uh, Spartan, he didn't know what was going on. But when he got to the uh, police station, and they were trying to trying to catch him up to speed on what was going on. Um, the one officer that, uh, he was friends with, um, Bill Cobbs, uh, Zachary Lamb. Yeah. Him. When he came in and goes, Spartan, is that you? And they turned around. Oh shit, man. You're a damn good cop. Uh, and other than you couldn't cuss, they, they must have really good, uh, speakers or microphones on those little things that they gave you an instant ticket. For um, the I can't remember the morale code uh, for the violation. Probably has, with that, probably has to do with that chip. <laughs> so I thought that was neat. And uh, Doctor Cato was the the voice of almost everything because it was when he said uh, curse words is when you you immediately started hearing him talk, and then a little piece of paper came out. So I liked that he 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 was there was a one cop that knew him. Well, he was the one that told him to get him out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. So I thought he was cool. I like that actor. He's been in a ton of films. So 
And then that's when they bring him out, and then when all the action. What was the first thing is when they went into that museum? Uh, yeah, because um, the 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 chief of police, uh, which was played by Bob Gunton, he they were trying to formulate uh, where he's going to go for, and I guess they came up with the he's going to form a he's going to build a new drug lab and supply drugs, and Spartans like no. He's going for a gun, and that's when they were like, well, the only place you can even view a gun is at the museum. All right, so yeah, that's when he showed up there, and he was looking around, and I liked when he was trying to uh, open the cases because he didn't know how, and then he started kicking, and that's when that guy comes up all nice. Hey, what's your boggle? And well, My boggle? <laughs> <laughs> how much do you weigh? Um. Uh, yeah, he was giving that window a lot of force with those kicks he was doing. Mm-hmm. But just turning in one spin around and throwing that dude through who probably made like 140, 150 maybe. <laughs> and he goes crashing <laughs> through that that plex. Because it was obviously plexiglass when he was kicking it, but then it just turned the glass all of a sudden. Did uh Oh, no. Wait, did he show up? Uh, Spartan? Yeah. He only showed, he showed up, up. With, with the little glow stick or glow rod or whatever those things were called. Yeah, he showed up as uh, uh, Simon was um, filling up his little duffel bag with guns. And he was trying to he's trying to figure out how that apparently it was a, a futuristic gun or the whatever the most futuristic gun that was in there. He was trying to figure out how to work that. I did like when he goes, hey, this is the future. Where's all the phaser guns? <laughs> <laughs> I've been yeah, saying that there, for years. There, yeah, there was not one that you would even call like a phaser gun in there. No, I mean the only yeah the only futuristic one was the uh, the one that you shot once and then it took like ten hours to recharge. And I I don't know if they would have put the ammunition right next to all these machine guns that he had, but hey, it's a movie. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he went in and all he had was the the glow stick and then. How did he get a gun? I think one was just laying there. He picked one up. It was a little sawed-off shotgun. Because then they started fighting. And I did like the uh, the exhibit that they had of, um, I guess, uh, the big earthquake. I can't remember what year they said it was. The the one that was on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, under the, the glass on, on the floor display. I thought that was pretty neat. But then they go crashing through that. Did he jump in a car right then, or no? He, he fell on a car because uh, Spartan shot that uh, chandelier out, and it came oh, crashing right. down, and he fell. And then the, the, I always laugh at this scene when when he he's because Phoenix is whooping his ass because obviously he's been more. Did they say he was physically enhanced too? Yeah, because um, after the whole commotion and shootout and uh, fight scene in the museum. When he goes back to uh, the police station, uh, Spartan is telling him, goes, how did he uh, get this way? What did you guys do to him? Or not them, or, or what what happened? And that's when they told him that uh, somebody did did whatever to him. Uh, okay. Added him, added him, learned how to fight and everything. Because, yeah, because he, he knew that he, he could probably still take him, but then this was a different Simon Phoenix, and he knew that, that there was something, that they did something to him uh, to make him more stronger and everything. Yeah, cause he was uh, he was whooping Spartan's ass, and uh, I always laugh when Spartan swings that TV. And he's like, "Oh, you're on TV now," you know. He's just 
doing what he can to 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 kind of just make up for the fact that he he's you know they're at at least we're not equal no more because you know he's been enhanced you know physically and knows all these different martial arts and all that stuff that I, I like that scene right there uh to go back really quick uh i love the scene when um uh simon phoenix goes up to that computer and just immediately knows what to do and yeah. while he's doing it he's like well, damn i'm possessed because he didn't even know what he was doing but his fingers were just doing it and he uh what was he look oh he was looking up um edgar friendly because mm-hmm. they showed a picture of him but at, at this point he was like he didn't he didn't know what the hell was going on because he was doing that and that's when all the cops showed up and, and they just ended up taking them all out that's when they was i think that was right before they uh let spartan out because when yeah. they were watching the videos they were like oh man we, we we don't know what to do and all this shit and that's when um the other dude uh, the one uh, black uh, officer told him to uh get him out so uh, Which, uh, bringing up that scene, it kind of seems like maybe Edgar Friendly's people could have took the cops because they don't really seem capable of not much. I mean, yeah, I don't see how they could couldn't have overthrown uh, the uh, the law, the lawmaker, lawgivers of uh, <laughs> of St. Angeles because they yeah, have none of them knew how to fight. Or do anything. I, well, the only one that could fight was Huxley, but that was because she was watching movies. But Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, no one else could have done anything else. So, I mean, I don't see how why they didn't take over uh, the the city. But that's uh, a movie. Um, so when uh, after the fight in the museum, Simon Phoenix gets out and he's running across the lawn, and he, that's when he comes up to uh, Cocteau. But he was getting ready to kill him, but he, but he couldn't do it. And then Cocteau was like, isn't there a voice in your head telling you to do something? And then he was like, because he tried, he was getting ready. To, Simon Fiennes was ready to shoot him, but he, he just couldn't. Because I guess that was one of the little chips they stuck in. You you can't kill him. Because yeah. he, he was the one that came up with this whole uh, idea to uh, kill Edgar, Edgar Friendly, right? Yeah, because he, that was like the last thing going against what he was trying to do was Edgar friendly and he knew he that guy could like motivate people to go against him so he was trying to eliminate him do you think uh, Cocteau was a bad guy or was he just trying to do what was best for uh, his new San Angeles um I'm gonna say yeah he's a bad guy because it kind of seemed like he would do whatever he needed to do to get the job done, even if it went against what he was preaching to everybody, I think he would still like, you know, on the download, just kind of, you know, like, I don't think people would have been more, uh, they would have even liked knowing that he released this guy out of prison to go assassinate somebody when he preaches, you know, be kind, be well and all that. Because I mean, he he's like any of us. We just want to live somewhere nice and not have crime and all that running through your city. But uh, yeah, like you said, I guess he was gonna do whatever it took to keep his his San Angeles uh, free of crime and bad guys. Yeah, but no no salt or caffeine. Um, I could I think I can live without caffeine, but salt. Uh, 
I know it's not good for you, but damn, I, th- I need it. <laughs> it makes everything that much better. <laughs> um, Where did it go after that? I don't remember. Um, Let's see. Uh, he escaped. Simon Phoenix ex- escaped into the, the sewers. And then uh, for, for saving his life, uh, we get the Taco Bell scene. Uh, Spartan gets invited to eat at the best restaurant in town, which is Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, I, I guess just uh, a sponsor for the film, I guess. I mean, and it was a way to have the uh, Demolition Man uh, taco meals that they had, and the the cups. And I don't think they had toys in their in their kids' meals. But um, I remember that Demolition Man was like all over the place on everything the the wrappers, the cups, and mm-hmm. and what have you uh, when you go in there. Um, but there was no tacos or, or burritos or Nacho Belgrandes or anything in there. I don't know what the hell they were serving uh, in it's that like Taco little, Bell. Little finger food or whatever it was. <laughs> because it was just more of a uh, uh, a meat uh, with cocktail, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was telling them his 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 vision of what he wanted and what he did. Because I mean, yeah, there was never really too much backstory on how he got where uh, he was cocktail in his uh, position of, of running San Angeles. But, mm-hmm. um, and I like the little uh, thing Spartan added because uh, he was telling them that whole time he was frozen, he was awake because he had feelings and thoughts and talking about a, a wife beating her, beating her fist against a block of ice. That was her husband. And oh, that's everybody, right. Yeah, and everybody had thought, you know, you're supposed to be when you're frozen, you're frozen. But he was like, no, I, I, I was awake in there. That must have sucked. Yeah, I mean, that long. We, we didn't even mention his rehabilitation was uh, what was he a seamstress knitting yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> after that whole uh, Taco Bell dinner, he, he ended up going home and. um he was with Huxley, and then she pulled a, well, let, let's have sex, and he was already, yeah, all right, and then she brought out these headband things, and I don't know, that would be, I think that would be more of a, just like a, a acid trip or something. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't down with all that. No, man, he wanted to do it the old way. The yeah, the, what do you call it? The hunka chunka. Yeah, <laughs> he was coming up with some things. I was like, the what? I never heard of any of those things. Uh, a friend of mine used that one time uh, on his girlfriend, but she obviously didn't see Demolition Man because I was the only one that laughed. But <laughs> but uh, that that scene was crazy. I thought we were gonna see something, and we didn't see anything but her face. And her kind of moaning around, but I mean, I mean I, we got some later when he gets a, a phone call from a wrong number. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the video phone or whatever. Topless girl. I wanted to see uh, Huxley though, but um, she don't do nude, does she? I don't think so. I, don't, I'm, I was trying to think. I, unless someone, unless someone of you guys know, let us know because I haven't seen any of it. Th- I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a movie she was nude in. Um, I think she just got hotter with age. That, that, in my opinion, everyone. Yeah, yeah, she was hot here, but uh, what was that last one? The the bird, uh, bird box, 
yeah, man, I don't, I don't know what it was, man. She looked hella good in that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, Bird Box. Uh, if you guys haven't seen that, check it out. It's on Netflix. Yeah, you don't need to. I didn't like. I liked everything but the end. I was kind of like, oh, really? But I don't know. I guess part two's I coming. Kind of felt like I, I would have been like Machine Gun Kelly's character. I wanted to just leave that movie. Oh, he got some in that. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, that chick that played Alita. That, that was who she was. Oh, that that was. No, I need to watch it again. <laughs> All I remember was his white tattooed body uh, giving it to her. Anyway, it's another <laughs> show, everyone. So, yeah, after she left, because he, she was like, we can't have uh, physical contact because after AIDS, there was all these other crazy uh, sexual diseases that were like worse than AIDS. And um, I don't think there has been anything. No, nah, well, she didn't named off like three or four different things. Yeah, that, I hope it, that was it got worse. I know. I hope not. Knock on wood. But I mean, AIDS is still uh, going going around in uh, 2020. I know it's um, it's a lot different now with uh, the uh, the the medicine you can take. Um because I know it was like, once you got it, I mean, that was it. I mean, it was, uh, for you younger listeners, man, it, it was bad in the beginning. It was like, once you got it, then you just knew you were going to die. And it, it, it just, it, it killed a lot of people. And that was, that was crazy. I mean, that was scary. Now we got this uh, coronavirus running around. And I know some of you don't think it's real, but it's real. But anyway, it's another show. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the viruses, man... Uh, if you guys didn't listen to uh, the latest uh, The Horror Returns when they're, when they're talking about the crazies, man, what'd you, you give it the first? It. What'd you give the first one? A six? Six and a, six and a half. It's my first time watching it. Oh, man. I'd be, I'd be more of like a eight and a half, nine, border, somewhere in between there. Yeah, I, I, it, it's I like goofy. It. I liked it enough that I'm going to I'm going to pick up the Blu-ray so it, it could go up. But that was my, that was my first time watching it. It's goofy. And I don't know about Lance, man, Lance, brother, I love you. But come on. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm going to say he tried to call me out. But, but oh, yeah, um, he did. Um, the remake, dude, that was a 10. That was hella good. Uh, I like that one. And um, that one was kind of spooky because I did do a rewatch on that. I think it's. Uh, almost going that way with uh, how everyone's going all crazy uh, right now. So, but I think I, that, I think that's what affected my score because it, it is a good movie. It, it, it is one of those one remakes that are good, but I think it was at that moment when I was watching it a little realistic. Yeah, because it's just they're just if it gets to that point to where they just gotta corral everyone up. Uh, if if. It, it, I'm surprised they're not corralling everyone up the way everyone's going all crazy and don't want to wear a mask and all this nonsense. Um, if you don't think so, you, if you don't, I'm sorry, but my my safety becomes uh, top priority. And if that little piece of cloth or the, the whatever those other masks are, that's going to help. I know it's not going to help you not get it, but it, it'll help you uh, at some point and somewhat to. Uh, mm-hmm. um, help you help man other than spread or spread it around uh i know we're all nasty uh man just coughing and sneezing and everything and spitting on the ground i mean it's i 
I never really realized how bad that was. Even if this this wasn't happening, um, I cough, sneeze, and I never cover my mouth when I'm by myself. So I mean, I don't know. Another story, another show, everyone. <laughs> um, so where were we? I got lost. We always spin off in other things. Uh, I think we're at the part when him, Spartan. Huxley and uh, what they call him, Alfredo Garcia. Yeah, I think they're going into the sewers looking for friendly. Oh, look, go back really quick. Okay. I love the scene when uh, it's those two, those three are in the car, and uh, they go, "Hey, we want to listen to some radio." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "This is a new station, or this is our favorite station." And he goes, "We they're mini tunes. You guys call yeah. them commercials." <laughs> I thought that was funny. I mean, yeah, because I'm like, what? You guys got rid of music too? I'm like, <laughs> mini tunes. I'm so, I'm not shocked that they got rid of that. I mean, especially the music, um, mainly for for the uh, the cursing and everything. Because I remember growing up in the '80s, I remember like one of the first few songs where you heard. Uh, a curse word in it and we every we were like what oh my god and then now it's like normal <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but uh truly there was probably probably there was music there because um when they were in taco bell um uh tony from uh seinfeld uh for you seinfeld watchers um uh, what the hell's his name dan cortez i believe his name was he was uh playing the piano singing something i don't know what it was uh, jolly green giant commercial yeah oh so yeah you know music is there but yeah i like that scene when they were in the car um why did they go into the sewer just oh they were were looking for for phoenix oh they were looking for friendly and how did he oh no he uh stallone saw them when they were in in uh taco bell because remember when they all came out to uh uh raid taco Mm -hmm. bell for food or the the taco bell trucks yeah, because uh, they're called scraps, and they were trying to make them into bad people. And Stallone was like, basically, no, you know, they're they were there trying to get food. Uh, the 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 little con- plastic containers that they were stealing, what was in those cheese puffs? I have no idea. Cause I, if you think about it, I think I don't I don't know what they used for Taco Bell. Cause I think they also said red meat. And stuff like that is illegal too. Yeah, I don't know, man. Again, I don't think I can want to live in that world with all these all these rules. <laughs> we got enough rules on us now to but to take away red meat. Oh man. Uh, nah, I, I'm not the one. I, I gotta have some kind of red meat. I know it's not good for you, but damn it tastes good. <laughs> but <laughs> so the, I I I love this scene when they when they go into the sewers and um that there's like an underground world and it looks like they didn't have to go very far it's like they just opened the manhole and went in and and they were right in, in this little this little uh, community yeah did you feel like they should have the the community should have had some sort of reaction to seeing three people in police uniforms walking around i think they kind of did but uh, they did uh, because you saw everyone looking at him. I mean, I thought it would be more of, ah, and everybody run away. But um, no one said nothing because they, they didn't. They were just walking through there. They weren't uh, uh, telling everyone to freeze or anything. Uh, he's buying rat burgers and beers for, for a Rolex. 
and where okay that scene i love this scene now overall i would hate that shit too but <laughs> 30 years with no meat hell no i eat a rat uh just put some salt on it um but i did like that scene because he's like oh man what's that smell oh and then he runs over and he sees that uh that little mexican lady uh making hamburgers <laughs> so and um uh, I take it alcohol was not legal anymore, but somebody must be uh, mm-hmm. brewing up the beer because they had it in bottles. But I, I thought that was cool because he was like, oh, man, it's like the best burger I've had in a long time. And she was going, that's not hamburger or that's not beef. And he goes, you see any cows around here? And that's when he asked her what it was. And she said it was a rat. And he goes, this is a rat burger. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, mm, fuck it. And he just kept on eating it. <laughs> Ooh. Did they meet uh, Edgar Friendly here, or did Simon Phoenix come up and bust up the party? He, they met Edgar Friendly first, and he was explaining that he, uh, still, uh, Spartan was like, I think Cocteau is trying to kill you. And I think that's when he makes an attempt. But I think we skipped over the part where Simon meets Cocteau and talks him into unfreezing some of his friends. Well, that's right, because then he killed him, didn't he? Yeah, well, that comes later, but we had to have the little meeting scene with uh, uh, Jesse the Body's uh, five seconds of screen time. Oh, that's right, because I think he killed him first, and then then he had all of uh, Jesse and the gang show up. Yeah, you might you might be right, because he 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 can't kill him, but he tells somebody else to do it for him. Oh yeah, that's and right. Did this throw his body in the fireplace? <laughs> Um, yeah, so once he got got his gang and and he, and he was ready for war, because he knew uh, he still had to take out Spartan. Um, they talked to Edgar Friendly, told him what was going on, and uh, and then that's when Edgar Friendly explained who he was. He was basically just like a, a revolutionary type of guy trying to just feed uh, all those people that were uh, looking up to him for protection. Because they're, I mean, they, that's, he was the one leading the charge when they went up to Taco Bell and, and started stealing food for everything because, uh, Cocteau was just thinking, oh, this guy's a killer. He kills people and he's trying to ruin our, uh, our new uh, way of life. But I mean, I, again, I would be with Edgar Friendly's crew because he was, uh, just trying to live. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he, he didn't. And then he goes into his, uh, if you guys are familiar with Dennis Leary's comedy, his whole rant. I and mean, that's what I loved about him. And this is before when I knew him as a comic before he became an actor on all these things. And he was really quick with the one liners and everything. So I can't exactly tell you what he said, but it, it was funny. I'm glad that they worked that way. Some his 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 form of comedy into into this film. Mm-hmm. So after that meeting, oh, the uh, the cops showed up. They uh they raided the the sewers and uh because I guess they followed him, or I guess they they had a tracker in uh, Spartan because they knew where it was because that's when all the cops yeah came well, running he, in. He goes after um, Phoenix, him and uh, Huxley in the in that car. Uh, I'm not a car person either, but uh, uh I don't think he jumped in that car yet. I think that was uh, later when they when that at the final battle because they, they do have that car chase and then um well he they get the car from down there 
No, I mean he he goes and gets that later because he oh. jumped. He I mean he jumps in his little uh, police car and he goes. Uh, they have that uh, that chase and um, he, he the he's hitting the Sloan or Spartans hanging out out oh, the side shooting the one with the phone. Yeah, because then yeah, when okay. it crashed, <laughs> they crashed all that. Uh, that is a good idea. I I I, lo- I did love that because of that foam. I assume you can breathe in it, but it seemed like it instantly got hard because once that car crashed, it's like the foam just filled up the inside and and then he broke out. I guess that's a little better than uh, airbags blown in your face because uh, that, that's no fun, ladies and gentlemen. I got into a car accident and uh, my wife slammed into hers and I held the steering wheel really tight and that like burned Um uh, the the steering wheel airbag isn't as big as the passenger one, and that that shit just burned my arms because I held on the steering wheel too tight. I know I didn't I didn't fly forward. I didn't hit it because I braced myself on the steering wheel. But man, that was no joke. But that powder that's in it that it shoots in your face. I remember I was mm-hmm. I was just dry heaving outside. I I climbed out of the car and was just because all that powder was in my throat. Uh, no fun, everyone. Be safe out there, everyone. Some guy ran a stop sign and I T-boned him. Mm. Uh, stay off your phones as well. But yeah, I thought that was neat. That whole with all the, the foam and everything. Then where did it go? I don't remember where it went from after this. <laughs> uh, I think uh, back at back at the, the prison, the cryo prison. This is basically the big showdown, final showdown. Oh, that's right. That's when he, uh, excuse me, when uh, Simon Phoenix is going through the computer log, and that's when they mention Jeffrey Dahmer and all that. Yeah, which I don't know about releasing him. Uh, well, he got his uh, in the end. Um, not a not a pun either. They did. They got him. <laughs> <laughs> the guards let let those dudes go in there and get him. And uh, from what I understand, broke a. A handle off in there and ouch but hey man he deserved it <laughs> but um yeah because that's when uh did he did did other people get unfrozen because i know it was he was in the process of doing it um when all this was said and all said and done it i feel like a whole bunch of people got murdered yeah because explosion. because uh well i'm sure it killed all the prisoners that were frozen but um while they were fighting, because uh, Spartan just went in there and it was just those two, and uh, the um, uh, Cocteau's little uh, crony guy, I think, or was he in there, or was it one of the scientists? He was in there helping, and then when things started looking bad for Phoenix, he took off out the side door. All right, because um, uh, Edgar Friendly and his crew were fighting uh, Jesse and all those guys. Uh, I guess assume outside uh, the prison. Mm-hmm. Because it was just them two with the showdown. Uh, Clearly, Wesley could have would have just whooped his ass. I mean, especially with the kicks uh, and all that. And because John Spartan, Rocky, man, he was just the southpaw. That's all he had. He didn't have no kicks. But I I did like when it came to hand to hand after they ran out of bullets and everything. I thought that was pretty sweet. Um. How did he get the drop on him and to freeze him? I don't remember. Uh, they were well. At first, he he had picked up Spartan with that crane, and it was holding him there for a second. And then he had used the 
he had pulled one of the tubes to freeze the the crane to break off one of the claws, and then he had seen the, that uh, canister that had the little blue little marble looking thing that freezes things. And um, I think there was water all over the floor, and he had uh, smashed the the canister on the ground. Well, that's and, right, because he, he jumped up and held onto that thing. Yeah, because it started freezing everything and he had jumped up grabbed the crane and it started freezing and when it was coming to freeze the crane he just let go as he was letting go um he had kicked the head off of uh simon phoenix who was frozen and the his head just shattered completely on the ground okay so simon phoenix is dead and yeah. the evil is punished and san angeles is, lives again mm-hmm. um I don't know if I heard it from you. Were you guys the ones talking about there was going to be a part two? Um, Stallone had said, uh, matter of fact, it was uh, not too long ago, I think in May or June, that uh, part two was in development. And they were going to bring Wesley Snipes back? I did not hear that. Uh, If they do, they better have a fucking good uh, explanation for it because he was dead. Yeah. I mean, he was frozen and then his head fell off, but um, they, they, they better not do that DNA cloning. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, that was just what I heard. I don't know how true, true that is, but yeah, they better come up with a damn good explanation. If, yeah. Wesley comes back, uh, Simon yeah. Phoenix. <laughs> and if they do a second one, I would like to see what the rest of the, at least a different part of the country's like outside of San Angeles. And if they do bring it back, I mean, would uh, Sandra Bullock come back to do it? I think she would. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is probably one of the, the bigger films in her career. She's done a ton of films, but... Uh, I think this. I think she would come back. Uh, for I know. This I, I know Rob Schneider would come back. Oh, he'll come back in a heartbeat. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was before Judge Judge Dredd, because then that's when Rob Schneider popped up in uh, uh in in Judge in Judge Dredd. Is him and uh, Stallone friends or something? I assume they were. Um, maybe he let he liked uh, what he did in this and wanted him to shine in uh, Judge Dredd, which he did. I mean, he had a lot of screen time. Uh, in that thing, I don't know if he was billed second, but he 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 was in it a lot. He was the the comic relief. He was basically his little sidekick when they uh, broke out of prison or out of, out of that uh, little jet or whatever that spaceship they crashed in. Oh gosh, Judge Dredd. <sighs> I enjoy that film. I own every version of it, the VHS DVD and Blu-ray, but um Oh, we're we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about the wrong way to do Judge Dredd and then we're gonna talk about the right way to do it. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'll save it for all that, but damn that was really good. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh, Wesley gets his head kicked off, which I thought I mean for for nineties effects It looked uh, really good. Yeah man I thought it the effects still hold up. Um, was there much CGI or was it just the CGI of the, the, the freezing stuff? Uh, the freezing, um, that's pretty much all I can think. It was a lot of practicals, a lot of, you know, the cars they built specifically for this was probably just 
outside part yeah. you know the car they didn't actually build futuristic cars but yeah i would say a lot of it's practical because he did destroy that car like again i'm not a car guy myself but i, I don't know what uh that little muscle car he got from uh, edgar friendly because that's when he goes hauling ass and then he crashes in did he crash into the prison yeah i think they drove into it yeah uh, i don't i mean i there's a lot there's a lot of car movies where they destroy these things and it's just uh i mean I, like I said, i've said it before i'm gonna i'm a muscle car guy i don't own one uh if i had money i, I would but damn i don't like when they destroy uh awesome cars i mean we talked about it in, in cobra when they destroyed wh- whatever kind of car he had oh yeah <laughs> oh man but um, he, has yeah. a, he has a lot of nice rides in his car in his movies because I, I, I really like that in Expendables, that, that pickup truck he had. Then they just destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> well, they probably just give him back to whoever or somebody sells him to some car guy and they just put some, drop some money into it, fix it up. But um, yeah, over, over with, uh, he gets the girl, finally uh, slaps a, a big one on uh, Huxley. Uh, but the part I liked is when um, Edgar Friendly and his... Uh, his crew come marching over and um Garcia uh Benjamin Brad is with them and he's got the the rubber tire <laughs> uh, road warrior looking outfit and he's telling her, that's when Edgar Friendly's uh teams up with um what was his name little crony guy from Beetlejuice wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he teams up with him and uh, telling him that uh, Edgar Friendly is going to take over St. Angeles and I don't think that would go over too well. There's got to be a second in command somewhere. Yeah. But, but he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll team up with you. And I just remember when uh, uh, Dennis Leary said something. Yeah, we're going to go do this. and We're going to go paint the town red. And Garcia goes, fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it was after he kissed her. I think that was, that was the end, wasn't it? Yeah. They talk about going to exchange bodily fluids or something like that. Wasn't he like 70-something years old? Uh, well, if you do the math, I don't know how old he was in 94, but... Uh, I think he's like 70-something now. Yep. All Let's right. See. He is 74 now. So he was in like his, at least his 50s. <laughs> Uh, okay, they said the budget for this was forty-five to seventy-seven million, and that's a lot. And it brought in a hundred and fifty-nine point one million dollars. Well, it definitely made its money uh, back, and uh, I'm sure they spent a lot of it in advertising, dealing with Taco Bell and everything. But then mm-hmm. again, that was a good uh, way to uh, do it because. Um, I remember in the eighties and nineties. I mean, they went to all these food uh, franchises to to hype up their films. Um, I think mainly now it's just kid films. I don't. I can't think of any like McDonald's or Burger King that's hyped up anything that wasn't a kid film. Yeah, it's mostly like cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you assume they would have been all over Batman when Christopher Nolan's one were rolling, but no, nobody jumped on that. But I remember hearing a story because of uh, Batman Returns, they stopped because they made like 
a Danny DeVito penguin toy with the, with, you know, he had that stuff coming out of his mouth. Uh-huh. It kind of made it look like that, and I guess kids didn't like it. <sighs> well, growing up, I didn't like the movie either, but it, it is <laughs> what it is. But Yeah, everyone, that was uh, Demolition Man. Came out in October 8th of 1993. What do you rate it? All right, um, 90s Stallone, 90s Snipes, I will give it a, I did enjoy it, um, I think the only thing I really didn't enjoy was some of the, just, the, the talking scenes, but, um, uh, I go about an 8.5, I mean, I, I really did enjoy it that much. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go 9, I, um, there's not too much I didn't like about the movie, um, I like Stallone in it. You know, this is uh, the beginning of Wesley Snipes in action mode, and Sandra Bullock looked hot, you know, kicking ass when she did, and yeah, liked it. Who are you working for? I'm not hurting anybody. It's America, man. You know, I just taking an opportunity. That's all. Got to take you back. I went ten rounds with John L. Sullivan himself. I saw Tyson beat Sphinx on TV. All right, everyone. We are going to September 16th, 1994. Jesus, right before my birthday. Uh, 1994 with uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic Time Cop. Ten years ago, they killed his wife. It's the big deal. Point it, hold the trigger, and boom, somebody dies. There's still time to save her. Time travel. Stay here, Walker. In my future, you're dead. Murder is forever. Surprise. Until now, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Time Cop. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 16th. When mankind perfect, perfects time travel, the government establishes the Time Enforcement Commission to thought criminal attempts to alter uh, to al- <laughs> criminal attempts to alter the timeline. Uh, police officer Walker is recruited by TEC CMDR. What? Uh, <laughs> Matuzak, uh, but soon finds his uh, investigation of Senator Adam McComb uh, being thwarted by elements within the government. When Walker's wife Melissa is attacked, he must travel across time to rescue her and save the future. All right, time clock, time clock, time cop. Uh, John Claude Van Damme uh, also stars uh, Mia Sarah, Ron Silver, Bruce McGill, Gloria Rubin. Rubin, I think that's mm-hmm. her name. Um, and a bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that you noticed uh, the, from uh, '80s action into '90s action. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what did you think of Van Damme's Time Cop? Um, I like it. Um, it's not my favorite Van Damme, but um, I enjoy the action in it. Um, some of the effects don't hold up like they do in Demolition Man, but it, uh, it's a lot more CGI stuff in it. I do have some questions. I'm not 
not a doctor of scientist, but I do have some questions about time travel. How does it work in this movie? But um, um, I like um, I like Ron. What is his name? Uh, I'm about to say Ron. So yeah, Ron Silver. He kind of reminds me of like a poor man's version of uh, what the fuck is his name? Andy Garcia. Kind of <laughs> reminds me of Andy Garcia a little bit. And um, I liked him as as the villain in here. Um, yeah, it's just uh, the action in it was uh, was, it was okay. Like, it was minimal. <laughs> yeah, um, we do get the Van Damme splits a few times, but I I don't think we get the full spin kicks in here. I think we got it's it just, once. <laughs> yeah, I think as as the movie as his as he started getting older, the spin kicks were coming in less. So I don't know if that's with age or what, but um, it, it's it's one of his better movies. But it, it, yeah, it, it has minimal action, and I, I just I have some questions about time travel in here. So. <laughs> I think that's uh, for everyone. This was directed by Peter Hams, Himes. Um, I don't know who that guy is. Someone's probably yelling at me. But um, uh, this is one of my uh, favorite uh, Van Damme films. I have not seen this in a very long time. I remember I saw it twice in uh, in its first run, uh, or its only run, in the theater. And, um, man, I don't remember the last time I saw this. Um uh, <laughs> I remember being blown away by the uh, the 90s, mid-90s uh, CGI effects. But I think, to me, that's the only thing that didn't hold up in this. <laughs> uh, I did like the, the, the little uh, time travel uh, ripples when they were going in and out uh, of to when they're doing the time jumps. I, I liked that. I liked that. But, how the, but what happens to the car, though? I don't know. Well, <laughs> And not to jump ahead, but why is it? Why does it seem to always drop Van Damme in the worst fucking places? Uh, uh, well, not the know. the very first one when they show him come out of there. He just comes yeah, walking in. Later, he gets dropped in the in water and then in front of a semi truck. And I'm just like, I don't know if they perfected time travel all the way. I don't think so either. I think they just they were able to do it, and you were, it was just a risk on uh, on the other end when, when you came out. What what I liked about the the time travel in this um, was you couldn't go into the future; you were only able to go in the past. Yeah. So I, I thought I thought that was cool because if you there's been plenty of time travel films, you can go both ways, either way. Back to the Future is, a, is one of them for. All you guys that have seen those films, and it and it made sense when they said it. You can't go into the future because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I, so I, I like that aspect, but trying to figure out there in this <laughs> film's time travel science made no sense, and it gave you a headache trying to figure it out. I had watched a few videos where these guys tried to uh, break it down, and they couldn't because. There's so many, um, excuse me, the flaws with this time travel in this film that it it won't work because there was a lot of stuff that I was like, wait a minute. Well, if 
he went and changed this in time. When you come back, this is changed, which they did say if you go back in time, because the, the whole reason for the uh, for the time cops is um, uh, one scientist, they they were able to figure out time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't really say what they were going to use it for. They just said that this guy filmed it or this guy figured it out and we're going to, we need money to, uh, I guess do more. Um, but, but the bad guys figured it out on what to use uh time travel for, to go back in the past, to change things, to, uh, basically to make money for themselves in, in their future. And, uh, what year was it? Um, 94. Uh, it was what well, ninety four was the 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 main time that that they were supposed to be in, but then they go back as far as um, nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, in the very beginning, they 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 see uh, you see there's a stagecoach, a Confederate stagecoach, uh, just marching down this rainy road, and then you see this uh, this outlaw looking guy and a duster standing there. Uh, and they wanted money, um, the Confederate gold that was in there, and uh, that that was kind of like okay, well, well how, this that was the first scene in the film, so you you there's no Van Damme in it yet, and then when he's like, well, okay, you guys better just give me your gold, and they're like, well, why, we're gonna kill you if you don't get out of our way, and then he's like, he turns it around and he pulls out these two futuristic uh, uh, machine guns with uh, laser sighting on it, which I, that, I thought that was awesome. I loved how uh, they did that. And watching it this time, I was thinking, well, what if one of those guys did survive? And how, what were they, what was their story for telling mm-hmm. them? But to, to keep it with their, their, their science of time travel, if one of those Confederate guys would have survived and then told those stories, it probably would have changed yeah, uh, not, the, not the machine get, gun. Not trying to get too scientific, but what in theory, wouldn't them stealing that gold change something? It did. I mean, that's that was the flaws in this. The stuff that they were doing, going back and stealing that gold, because where were they taking that gold to begin with? And since it didn't get there, um, yeah, it it, it would have totally changed whatever. If you like, I said, don't think about it too much, but <laughs> it, it would have changed to something. So, but because uh, what um, we find out is um, Ron Silver's uh, Ron Silver's character. Uh, what was his name uh, Macomb? He was a senator uh, in 1994, and he was uh, wanting to be president. And it was ten years later, so it was what 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was um, gearing up to be to be president. So what he was doing, I, I don't know what he was blowing all his money on because they were saying he uh, when in 1980 no uh, two. In two thousand, see, we're jumping all over the place. In two thousand four, they that there was a, a news uh, brief, and they were saying that uh, Senator McComb was running out of money, uh, and they didn't think he was going to have enough to to keep his presidential campaign going. But um, McComb's deal was to go back in time to change his financial gain uh, by uh, uh, knowing what was happening in the stock market. Because um, what year was that? Was that um, that was the nineteen twenty nine the the Confederate gold? I don't know the time was before that. Okay, yeah, twenty nine was uh, the uh, the stock market part because there was a former uh, t- 
time cop. Uh, it was a Van Damme's uh, partner. He started. He got into. Uh, he started working for Macomb to go back into time to the to 1920s to uh, just uh, mess up the stock 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 market uh, in order for him to have money in in 94. Because uh, when that guy, what was that guy's name? Um, Atwood. Yeah, when he goes back, he has. A 1929 newspaper, and he's got a 1994 USA Today. He goes back, circles uh, some stocks, and then he looks at uh, whatever it is in, in 94 because I guess he can buy it for like super cheap in 29, and then it'd be worth uh, a ton of money in 94. So that's how Macomb was getting his money for his campaign to use time travel to go back and do that. So um, I don't know how many times he went back in the film. It seemed like they only went back twice from way back in the in the Confederate the Civil War days to uh, 1929 with the gold and then doing the money. Well, the, the Atwood guy doing the stocks, it seemed like people knew him, like the doorman and the, the, the elevator guy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we don't know how long he was there. But then was he going back and forth? Because uh, when uh, this is when we totally jumped (laughs) (laughs) for our our time travel. We'll go back in a second. But when when Atwood's there and uh, trying to figure out uh, what to do with the stock market, this is when um, Van Damme's character comes in, uh, Max Walker, and he's uh, one of the time cops. He comes in and he's like, all right, well, you know, I got to take you. I got to take you in. But then Atwood was like, you can't, man. He goes, I, I can't say anything. Um, he basically spilled his guts on, on what he was doing on who the money was for. It was from a comb. And he's like, I can't go in because if I go in there and say something, they're going to kill me. They're going to they're going to go back and kill my grandparents. So I'll never be born. My parents will never be born. They'll, they'll kill my cat and, and everything. But then so he had like, he said he had a family. So I, I was like, well, is he just doing business in 29, then getting back in his little time thing and shooting back to 1994? So I, I, I don't know. That would feel like it would set off some kind of signal, like how they, you know, find out people's time jumping and they, you know, the time cops go after him. So maybe he's been there for like a minute. Unless his family was there in 29, but I, I don't know. They, they never really said. And um, that's the problem with this, trying to explain the, <laughs> the, the time travel thing. Um, they, they never show I me. Mean, did <clears throat> did McCombs crew have their own little brick wall and spaceship or yeah, time, that, time machine they, thing they they find that out later on when uh walker's talking to matusak that um the only other time travel device other than the what uh the time cop could whatever have is uh the prototype so that was the washington the original one they had yeah that's the one they were using okay I figured that, but I mean, they never showed it. So, I mean, what did that look like uh, the ones that the time cops have or did it look like something totally different? Uh, It probably was something better because they didn't show up looking all crazy, being dropped in lakes and they showed up like they was fine. 
Yeah, they just came walking out of those little time ripples, and then they yeah. were ready to go. <laughs> but uh, when we're introduced to to uh, Van Damme's character, it's when he's um, uh, 1994, and he and he's meeting his uh, his wife, um, Sloane from uh, Ferris Bueller, uh, Mia Sarah. Her name is Melissa, and this Melissa Walker. They're meeting in a mall. Uh, we get a uh, awesome little. Uh, he didn't really kick him, but uh, Van Dam with his with his high stance, uh, getting ready to kick this mugger in, in the face for uh, rollerblading in the mall and uh, snatch some lady's purse. But they kind of they do a little meet up to uh, I guess have lunch or something I don't know. But while they're there, you see these um, uh, the bad guys. Um, the, it's in the eighties and early in early nineties. All the bad guys had long hair and. Mm-hmm. Long dusters, so you knew they were bad. And the the main bad guy with the long hair. What else has he been in? I, I know I'm seeing him in other things. You talking about the one with the with the boots? Yeah, with like the metal. Yeah, metal, he had yeah. I don't shave know. sides. Yeah, I've seen him somewhere. He's probably been a bad guy in a bunch of other movies. Yeah, because he he was the one that I I was trying to look on IMDb. I mean, they didn't give any all the bad guys bad names or anything because they were just. Uh, Macomb guards. So I don't know exactly which one he was. I assume he was the. Let me click on the first one. Macomb, Macomb guard one. Um, I had seen him in something else. I see. There's no pictures, so I don't know if that's him. Or yeah, not. I just I just remember him from the boots because they always kept showing his boots. And yeah, so you know who the bad guys are because they clearly stand out. Everyone else is just ha- having a nice, uh, fun day at the mall, and you see these two brute-looking dudes because that guy looked pretty big. Mm-hmm. And uh, we at this point we don't know why they're they're they were watching them. Okay, why were they watching him? I can understand in the the uh, twenty two thousand four. Why? But why were they watching him in 94? I had figured that this scenario had already happened, that they were trying to take him out before he ever joined um, the Time Cop program. So so if he never joined, then he would never be there to stop uh, Senator McComb. That's what I figured. I could be wrong. Yeah, because at in '94, Macomb wasn't the uh, the ruthless killer that we had in, in 2004, because he seemed to be um, he was a senator, but he wasn't uh, corrupt yet. Because he because when they when they do show him, then he didn't he didn't seem like he was crooked. Yeah, and that's kind of my problem. Cause I did like him as a as a bad guy, but I didn't understand how he was because when you first get introduced when they're talking about the invented time travel they say senator mccone you know he he says you know he votes that they fund a program and then they're all like oh young senator mccone so it kind of feels like he gets under people's skin but then when future mccone and a younger mccone meet younger mccone comes he kind of seems you know like he's soft like he's just not really built for this kind of life so the 94 macomb i know you guys are lost because we are too <laughs> but so the 94 macomb uh ron silver his 2004 macomb 
is he is that the reason he was bad because his future self came back to him and told him to to be bad <laughs> i don't know i think we're good. we're gonna go around and around if we keep trying to figure out time travel yeah i mean i like what they said in um was an end game uh when uh when they were trying to figure out time travel and they were just like forget everything you've known about time travel forget terminator 2 forget or forget terminator forget uh time cop and on and all the other back to the future and whatever movie else they said so i was like yeah this one um i like the idea of their time travel in this but i just think they didn't really think about it too much. I mean, even the videos, like I said, the videos I've watched where they were trying to explain it, they couldn't because there would have been so many flaws. Well, like what, like what I was just trying to find out, which didn't make no kind of sense, but um, it's a Van Damme movie. You don't, you don't go to, you, you, I think this is the only movie where you had to think. Or it made you think, like, well, how did how did this work? Yeah, I don't think they was counting on the audience to think. I think they were just thinking they was going to be there for a Van Damme movie. That's why I was there. But when I'm sitting there in 94 watching this, I'm trying to think about time travel. Because at this point in my life, um, I had seen plenty of time travel films. I mean... Even uh, was it H.G. Wells' Time Machine? That one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's an amazing film. Um, They you don't they don't really go into much of try to explain the time travel in that. But um, it so I I wanted to see Van Damme kick ass, and he did kick ass in this. But the this made you talk about it because I remember leaving the theater I went and saw one of my little friends and he just enjoys Van Damme but I remember listening to other people trying to explain the whole time travel thing as they're walking out out of the theater scratching their heads but (laughs) (laughs) um, if you guys can figure it out and if there's videos out there that I haven't seen please send them to us so I can Okay, but like I said, the videos I saw, they could not explain the the time travel science in this film. So, all right, that's out of the way because we'll be here all night trying to figure it out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, uh, in '94, uh, McCombs guys go in and they uh, they murder uh, uh, Van Damme's wife, uh, Melissa. Um, cause, uh, it's like they go home. He goes home after the little date at the mall, he goes home and beats it up. And then, uh, he wakes up and he, he gets a phone call. She's getting ready to tell him something. She's got something to tell him and the phone rings. It's work. You got to come in because somebody called in sick and we need you out on, out on the streets. So she's trying to like, trying to tell him something He's like, well, just tell me when I get home. Uh, he ends up leaving and then the, the guys in the duster show up at the house uh, beat the hell out of him. Did they shoot him, or was that later? Yeah, they uh, beat the hell out of him in the ho- or outside, and they, they shoot him a couple times. But he has a vest on. All right, because then he looks up in the window. We see somebody, uh, a silhouette of someone, but we're not too sure who it is. And then we see uh, somebody holding Melissa. She's screaming, and the next thing you know, the whole house blows up. Uh, I'll come back to the house at the end because 
something didn't add up. Anyway, so the house blows up. It's destroyed. Uh, we there's a big flash. Uh, ten thousand or ten thousand. Ten years later, two thousand four. Uh, is uh, this is this is when we get the the, the scene of nineteen twenty nine, in the uh, with the stock market thing where he goes he comes in and he takes his partner back. Um, I did like this uh, this little action scene because when Wilson uh, Wilson when um what that when Walker shows up mm-hmm. to um Atwood uh, Lyle Atwood is his name played by Jason Scrumbing sounds right. Uh, and then uh, he bit Atwood spills his guts to him saying, I can't go back. No, I can't do it. And then he kind of signals in for some. Uh, did he have a button to push? Yeah. The, the yeah, brought in the security. Like, um, uh, yeah. Alarm buttons under the desk. Yeah. So, so some uh, big, rough uh, looking dude comes in uh, in a nice suit. And he goes, I went 10 rounds with whoever, whoever, some champ uh, way back in the day. And I love Van Damme how he just looks over at Atwood and then kind of like tilts his head like, really? <laughs> and ends up just giving him a kick to the dome and, and then that's it. Um, I liked the gun that Atwater pulls out. Um, it was kind of Atwood. Um, it was like a pump action futuristic shotgun. Yeah, but it kind of sounded like not as loud as a shotgun because it kind of had that it sounded futuristic. Yeah, I like. I mean, that's what I liked about the out of, out of the future stuff. That was the only thing I liked, like the guns, because that that little shotgun thing Gunny had, and the the sidearm that uh, that Walker had. Um, yeah. it, it they sounded neat and they looked cool, but they looked a little heavy than a regular little uh, the, standard issued police sidearm. <laughs> yeah. The worst looking thing in this movie that's futuristic is his fucking car. All the cars, even, uh, I don't remember McCombs. all of them. I just really remember his cause I was really trying to figure out what all that on top of it was for. That yeah. they just <laughs> 2004 came and went a long time ago, everyone. And our cars do not look like that. I mean, I did like that you didn't need to drive. You just got in and said home and it took you home. But who came up with these designs and said, yes, this is going to be the future uh, of automobiles because it's like so big and clunky. Like, I guess it it would self park itself because I know uh, you couldn't park. See, there was no windows. You couldn't. There was no windshield. There was no side. No, nothing. It was just all uh, automatic. Um, it kind of reminded me of those uh, the, those shuttles at uh, Star Tours at Disneyland. Mm. It, it kind of looked like that. But uh, again, I don't know who greenlit that design. I mean, not for 2004, but for this film to go. Yes, those are awesome. Let, let's let's make some <laughs> of those. Because they made a few of them. There wasn't just his. There was his and uh, Macomb had his limo. And then I think there was a couple more driving around in the background. And yeah, I think out of out of the futuristic stuff, that was the worst. <laughs> that, that, that looked stupid. It made no sense. <laughs> because every, every place around you didn't look futuristic. They're in Washington, D.C. And everything still looked the same. Yeah. So, it was, it was, I guess that was the, the budget they spent was on those cars. Because they didn't, they didn't, I don't think anything looked futuristic set wise. I mean, the houses didn't and Yeah. The, the time cop, uh, little headquarters didn't look futuristic. No, it just looked like they were in like a, 
a warehouse or something. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, he goes back and uh, when he gets Atwood, and then he after he beats up that one dude, and then Atwood runs out of bullets, he grabs him and uh, all of his stuff, and then takes him back to the uh, to headquarters to TEC, the Time Enforcement Commission. No, that time, yeah, that, that's who they were, the Time Enforcement Commission. That they were the they were the cops. So he takes them back there, and it's like swift justice in 2004. They read his charges and then they said uh, death, but he had to. They, their their rule was he had to die in 1929. So um, they he because because Walker's telling him when the, when he's when they're in the during the court thing, he's like, "Come on, tell him, tell him," and he's just like, "I'm not gonna say nothing. He's just gonna take his sentence." And uh, deal with uh, what comes because when they said, "Well, he's sentenced to death," um, this is where I had a problem. I, well, many problems in this film, but um, how come they they couldn't, like you said, how come Van Dam couldn't control where he was dropped off when he went back back to the future or back in time? Mm-hmm. But they were able to program Atwood to come back. Uh, at a time because um before he before he was captured when they had the shootout and the fight um when he was telling Atwater Atwood he had to take him back he's like no I'm not going to do it so he was basically going to kill himself and he ran and dove out the window and Walker went after him I did love that stunt cuz that was all real but you can clearly see the uh the wires in their legs uh that yeah. was <laughs> was bringing them down and, and how do they explain to all those people to where two men jump out of building disappear and then one man appears later and hits I, lands on the car. I this is what I think. And I, I just just now thinking about that. I I thought that too. <laughs> I think they were able to when after he was sentenced to death and they send him back and when he comes back uh, from the future, he the, the ripple he comes out of falls. They might have went back uh, a few seconds. Oh. And maybe those people didn't see two guys falling out and they only saw one. So, I mean, that's, I guess that, that might've been the reason. Okay. I'll go with that. But then again, how were how come they had the, the technology to, to put him back to where he fell in or went into time? I, I didn't get that. And then no, no. I think that one guy didn't like Van Damme, didn't like Walker. The guy that was like fucking his computer. Oh, <laughs> that guy was awesome. I liked him. <laughs> uh, he reminded me of the dude in uh, Ace Ventura, his little uh, computer hacker hippie guy, but a much older version. Um, another another thing. I I know we're gonna. Uh, sorry, I gotta try to figure these things out, but. When you get when you go uh, back in time, or with the little spaceship things that they sat in, how come to get to 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 go back in time in that little spaceship? But when they were back in time, all he had to do was hit a little button, and the little rippling hole opened up, and they were able to go right through it. Why couldn't they do that to begin with? Instead of getting in that little spaceship that shot towards the wall. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like the prototype was much better than what they had. Yeah. <laughs> and 
they never explain why because when him and the the one uh, what was she um whatever she was uh internal affairs when they did the jump together or uh yeah they did the jump together but then later on when he does it by himself they they say we that we never do uh single jumps it's always double they never explain that either and it kind of seemed like it didn't matter anyways because he came in single when yeah, he first used it. Yeah, everyone. I mean, there's... <laughs> I feel like the score going down. Um, no, my score is still what it is, but it's just it, trying to figure out their, their, sci- their, their science behind their time travel in this film is just... It just give you a headache. <laughs> but... Um, Okay, so that Atwood got sentenced to death, and he goes back to 1929, falls, dies, boom. I did like that stunt, how um, the body just slammed into that old car. Um, oh, then he, he goes back. They go back to Walker because he, he goes back to 2004, and he's uh, watching a videotape. Uh, he must have... Well, did we still have uh, VCRs in 2004? Yeah. Okay, I figured DVD. Well, I guess it was still around. Um, so he throws in a tape, and this part was kind of sad because he's watching an old video of his wife, him and his wife, and um, uh, he's just like, yeah. And then they, he's drinking his booze, and then he he wakes up because then they call him back in, right? Mm-hmm. What well, did they send him on another mission before uh, the? The uh, IA person showed the chick uh, Sarah Fielding before she showed up. Did they give him another assignment? No, I think uh, she. Okay, she shows up. She shows up. Is this? Oh gosh, we're jumping everywhere. Is this travel. when? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this when the 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 guys show up to his house and he has um, to fight? That's oh, that's that's up. that's right. That's all right. Yeah, the next morning after he's all hung over and everything, um, the uh, McCombs guys show up, and he at this point he still doesn't know. Well, I guess he kind of knows why. Uh, he knows that they were going to come after him, but uh, the Asian gentleman, uh, he's been in two movies we've talked about already. He was in uh, Big Trouble in Little China as well as uh, he was. Um, Coaches, coaches, uh, a karate instructor in Action Jackson. I don't even well, know. Let's, let's be clear. It seemed like Coach was instructing him. Yeah, but the, <laughs> that guy comes into play. And uh, I, I love the long-haired bad guys. Of course, he's got long hair. But this was probably the most ridiculous fight. Knife fight scene. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't like him waving his knives around? No. Like, <sighs> He the the I don't know the Asian guy's name I can't remember his name but he was doing it good but Van Dam just must must not have ever trained using a knife because all right I'm gonna try to describe it if if you guys go to YouTube and watch the knife fight it's there he's holding that little knife which actually looked pretty neat uh, like a sword so it's going straight up this uh, Asian gentleman that obviously knows how to kick ass and handle a knife is flinging his knives around. Van Damme is holding that knife and just like kind of going, not swinging it. He swung it a few times, but he's like using it like a sword. And luckily that guy is just hitting the blade, the, the Van Damme's blade with, with his two blades. 
I mean, I was just like, I don't know how, why I didn't notice it before, but it was just so bad. Like, if Van Damme couldn't use a knife, they should have just went hand-to-hand or something else because it looked just totally stupid. Well, they, they should have they should have played in more towards he actually really couldn't use a knife, but they, they, they made it... They made you think he did know how to use a knife. If they would have played it that way, and then he was like throwing the knife to the side, I don't need it, and then did his Van Dam kicks. I think it would have been a much better scene. <laughs> I was I had to watch that scene a couple times because I couldn't believe how bad uh, that scene was. But yeah, then he uh, during after the the knives are he gets cut a couple times, but then he uh, gives that guy a kick, and there's another dude that comes in and he's got the. Um, uh, what the hell? Those are t- taser. Are those are t- taser ones. Are the ones that shoot out, right? Ah, they're all same to me. <laughs> so he he's got a taser gun, but I assume in two thousand four they haven't uh, uh, thought up the smaller ones that they have now. But because this one looked like a big brick that yeah. was sh- shooting out those little uh, those little prods out at you. So he's getting ready to shoot them. My Van Dam notices. I don't know how. He must have eyes in the back of his head because that red uh, beam was on his back. He grabs the Asian guy, spins around, and, and the Asian guy gets hit. But he's still holding him. And it must have been, uh, I can't remember how much juice he said was in it because it throws him back. And uh, did he, he already did the splits once already, didn't he? Yeah, he, when he was fighting the, the one guy with the knives, he, he dropped down and did the splits. Did he do it back in 29 when he was fighting that boxer guy? Uh, I don't he, remember. I don't, I don't remember. think so. I know he, I know he did the the run up the wall thing and flip over. I don't think he did the splits. I think yeah, I think he did the splits like right here cuz right he dropped he did it and then he did it again because when he kind of wakes up when Van Damme falls he knocks over um a big uh, jug of water and it's all over the floor. And that other little slimy dude shoots, uh, shoots again. Van Dam jumps up and does his split kicks on the on the counter, and uh, the little prods hit the ground with water soaked, and it shoots electricity back at that dude. Um, it didn't kill him because then he kicked him uh, out, out the door, and he goes crashing down the stairs, and that's when uh, he flew out that door. I assume that door was just a cheap cheap wood because. <laughs> I, I assume he kicked him and he goes flying out, out the door. I don't know where he was standing in the house, but he goes out the door over a rail and down the stairs. <laughs> so and that's, he went through the rail. <laughs> Cause this is when uh, Sarah Fielding shows up, uh, Gloria Rubin. She's the, uh, the IA internal affairs officer. Cause she's uh, investigating him, uh, investigating Walker because his former partner w- was Atwood. So she's trying to figure out, what he knows and if he's in cahoots with uh with Atwood at that point. So she's basically so they go to back to the uh to the headquarters and this is when they he's he finds out that she has to basically be his partner for a little bit. Um I love this actor. He was a D Day in Animal House. Uh Bruce McGill. He's a I assume was he a captain or lieutenant or uh, I think he was captain. But uh, let me see. He was Matuzak. Oh, um, it said calm. C- commander. Uh, commander Eugene Matuzak. 
uh, D-Day for you Animal House watchers. And I loved him in uh, Damian Wayne's Bruce Willis. Um, oh, uh, uh the, the last Boy Scout. Yeah, he was the one that was banging uh, Bruce Willis's wife, and I love that scene. We took him outside. All right, head or gut. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that film. That film's awesome. So yeah, uh, Matuzak tells him, "Yeah, she's she's gonna be with you. So uh, just suck it up and go with him." Because Walker was not having it at all. Um, where'd they go after this? They went back. Uh, they got they got one of the things that, that told them that somebody was time traveling, and so they went back. And uh, time traveling does not seem fun because when they're when they're going on that little sled thing, uh, and it gets all trippy, and their their faces are all warped, and then they just get dropped in in a, a lake or something. And that looked like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so they went back to 94, right? Yes. Okay. Uh really quick before before um the uh, more science they didn't explain um the the time enforcement commission they had uh, I just assume he was a hacker and he was in charge of finding out where I assume the ripples in time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they can figure that. I mean, was that computer hooked up to some kind of time thing? No, we're, we're talking about Ricky, the guy that was having virtual sex, right? Yeah, him. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, because I don't know what Ricky was doing. Because I don't even know why you're doing that when there's people, other people in the office. Yeah, and then she's just sitting there with a, a raging heart on. And, <laughs> but, I mean, the science of, of how they figure out where and what, other than where, where in the world and what, what, what year in, in time that they figure out that there's, there's a ripple. And I, I didn't, they didn't go into any, any explanation on how that computer knew. Because this guy was just sitting there looking at the screen going, okay, uh, go here. Uh, which they found out, they said the ripple was in, in Washington, D.C. in, in 1994. Uh, so That's pretty accurate. Yeah, but so but I was like, how? How, how does that computer know? <laughs> they didn't explain it, everyone. And I, I couldn't tell you how they did it. But um, that was when they went back to... Uh, Macomb, right? When the 2004 Macomb went back to uh, meet with uh, the 94 Macomb, right? Yeah, because um, he was going to, he basically, he helped his younger self uh, get ownership of that computer company because it was going to end up being worth a lot of money. So the, where were they meeting up? They looked like they were in some kind of... Uh... Warehouse it or like, something. Yeah, it looked like some warehouse, but I thought it was the the guy's company that they were take basically taking his company from him. Because they killed him there, didn't they? Yeah, which I don't understand how did that makes you owner of his company. Um, was he gonna buy it? Because remember he, uh, the Macomb got a check from that dude from that owner. Because the 2004 Macomb 
came back and told him, he goes, if I were you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cash that check. Yeah, I think so. And that was when, uh, Walker and, um, Fielding show up. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, Walker pulls his gun out on, all right, freeze. I'm taking you guys all back. And McComb was like, well, how are you going to come down here and uh, arrest us when you're way up there? And that's when Fielding comes up behind him and has the gun, uh, her gun on McComb. And Walker comes down and is like, yeah, OK, well, we're going to we're going to take you guys all back and uh, you're going down. And then this is when Fielding turns her gun on Walker, basically. No, you're not. This is when we find out that she is in McComb's pocket because they did say earlier in the film that uh, there's um, there's people on uh, on his on his payroll, but they don't the officers on his payroll and they didn't know who. And we find out yeah. that she was one of them. Uh, did they shot her, didn't they right here? Yeah, I can't remember why. Um, well, they get into the fight scene, you know, Van Damme's kicking everybody's ass and, uh, he, um, McComb's trying to get away and, um, they're fighting over that. I think, um, that the, the, the device that sends you back, I think they're fighting over it. And I don't remember why he shot her. Okay, it says Fielding turns on Walker, revealing that she works for Macomb. After a shootout with Macomb's henchmen, Fielding is wounded and Walker escapes back to 2004. All right. So she probably just got, uh, oh, yeah, okay. She she got hit in the crossfire and then he gets a little time machine because all the guys go zipping into time. Macomb, Macomb and his guys and Walker jumps, he turns his little time machine thing and he goes back. Well, he—I know he specifically shot her on purpose, though. Yeah, I, I just can't remember why. So, he goes back, but when he goes back to 2004, the the events that went on in in '94 with McComan in that whole little shootout and uh, him killing the, the 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 owner of that company, um, when, um. When Walker comes back, and I don't know how he gets back in that little spaceship thing, um, he comes <laughs> he comes riding back in. It's and, weird, man. <laughs> like they they hit the button and they walk through the little portal, and then they show up in the little car thing. Yeah, I and don't he <laughs> can't explain their their science and their time travel in this film. But anyway, when he's in that, he looks over at the wall and. Uh, the, the name of the corporation, I guess, that built uh, all this time stuff has changed uh, to somebody. It was, uh, was it McComb's name? I think so. Um, because he, uh, when uh, Walker gets back, um, the TEC is uh, being shut down. Okay. Cause here, all right, it says right here, Walker, fine. When, when, after he leaves, uh, wounded Walker escapes back to 2004. Walker finds the future has been altered. McComb is now the sole owner of the computer company that, uh, and is, and is a presidential front runner for the TEC while the TEC is being shut down due to budget cuts. And, and I like how, uh, not just like a few things were changed. Like even like, uh, that, that dude, Ricky, we were talking about, like he's, looks completely different and he doesn't go by Ricky. He goes by Richard. Yeah. 
because I mean everything was changed because even when Walker comes back and starts talking to Matuzak it's like they were never really friends yeah because he's like well, why why what's going on why, what are you talking about I mean this is how it's always been and he's he's telling him he's like nah man he goes when I left so and so owned it now uh, Macomb owns it so he's but then Matuzak's like I don't know what you're talking about he goes I think you need some time off so so much is being changed in this in this timeline timeline due to all the 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 bad guys uh, so um, I'm surprised Walker didn't go crazy in the end yeah <laughs> and we're about to get to a part of the movie that makes no sense because he finally convinces Matusek to uh, send him back even though that's going to cost him his job because he's he has that line like I've I've had your wife's goulash a hundred times and she always puts too much salt and that makes him know that they are friends but the whole point of him going back to because nobody knows who Fielding is like she doesn't exist. But if he goes and proves that she does exist, they're going to believe everything he says. OK, um, <laughs> well, I guess she doesn't exist. Well, well, she, OK, she's wounded, <laughs> but yeah, she got she got left in 94. Yeah, she so she the, the 2004 feeling is stuck in, in 94 in the hospital. Um, But then Matuzak says, well, they don't we don't know who you're talking about. So did did she die? Uh, no, she was in the hospital. No, 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 no. no. Oh, I mean, no. She would have never had been internal affairs because in 94, remember, she said she she was just turning 16. Oh, OK. Because they had that whole talk about her losing her virginity to, to whatever boy. But I mean, that still wouldn't change her her, her future to being a, uh, a cop. Yeah. I mean, because I, mean, I mean, her 94, I mean, she's still going to get done dirty by that dude because he he couldn't cut the mustard. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she would still go on. I mean, that that timeline would still go to her to be in a cop. Oh, so Mark, there are so many holes in this movie because <laughs> she's still alive. She didn't die. If she would have died, then. Oh, wait a minute. The 94 would have to die in order for the 2004 uh, feeling not exist. Anyway, <laughs> he, he convinces Matuzak uh, to to like, hey, man, let me go back and find her and uh, to prove that uh, that she, if she's still alive, she can be my witness to help uh, prove uh, what I'm telling you, because all the stuff that Walker was telling the 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 new altered 2004 Matuzak that. Because uh, he didn't, he did not believe one thing he was saying. But he's like, "All right, well," and he she convinced him pretty quick to go. All yeah. right, cool, go back there and, and figure it out. So he goes back to 1994. She's still alive and she's in the hospital. And then talking to her, he convinces her. She's like, "You know what? He he did me dirty. Uh, Macomb did me dirty. I'll go back to 2004 and spill my guts, and uh, we'll bring we'll bring him to justice." So, why did he leave her? Where where did he go? To go get a vial of blood. Oh, that's right. Because they couldn't. They I, I guess 
they couldn't leave any traces of them, their 2004 selves in 94. That's I right. Because he, he leaves her, he finds the blood, but while he... he I, all right. <laughs> he leave. I mean, Walker uh, Van Dam leaves uh, Fielding laying there uh, in in the in the in the hospital bed. He goes to finds her vial of blood, but then he sees uh, a vial of blood with his wife's name on it. Yeah, and, with uh, his supervision, he just sees it. Um, I assume this is the only hospital in Washington D.C., but uh, okay. Anyway, so he sees her name, he opens it up, and uh, he, he reads a little paper that's wrapped around it, and he finds out that she was pregnant. So, that was he. this is when he finds out that was what she was trying to tell him uh, back in his 94 when, when she blew up. So... So he's like, oh, shit, I think that's what held him up. Because if he would have ran in there, got got uh, Fielding's uh, blood, and then just went back to her, she probably still would have been alive. But when he gets back there, he's like, all right, come on, you're good, let's go. And he kind of moves her head, and she's dead. And then he sees that there's somebody stuck a, uh, a syringe of poison, I guess, into yeah. her little uh, IV. Yeah, I like how the the it doesn't flatline until he like moves her head. Yeah, and then a nurse comes in and sees him and ah starts screaming and I'll help security. She's screaming and he's like oh fuck. So he he kind of walks out into the hall and this is when you see we see uh, uh, two bad guys that obviously don't look like they belong there uh, in in the dusters um, walking down the hall. They turn around see him and then he goes running after him, but still. While this is happening, that lady, that nurse, is still screaming for security. Um, how did he get out of there? I don't remember. This time travel is giving me a headache. I feel <laughs> like he just walks out of the hospital. Does he? Oh, he goes he, to the mall. Okay, he doesn't go back to two thousand four. No, he goes to the mall to see ninety four. Uh, well. She would have to be 94 because she doesn't live past uh, his wife, Melissa. Yeah, so he goes to the mall. And luckily, it was that same day <laughs> that, that, all, that all this was happening when, when she uh, when she blew up uh, in, in the, uh, I guess, the, the original 94 timeline. <laughs> He goes back and tells her he, he like walks up behind her and tells her doesn't want her to turn around because he the 2004 Walker looks completely uh, rugged and has longer mullet hair than how he looked in 94 with the regular Van Damme short haircut. But she turns around and she's like, what happened to you? What's going on? She because she's just more uh, surprised at the way he looks. Because he just, yeah. I, I did like how he looked in, in 2004. I mean, I wasn't a mullet guy, but I thought he looked pretty sweet in that. I didn't like his mullet in, in Hard Target. But anyway, that's another show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he did have a duster in that, but he was a good guy. Um, so he's trying to explain her. This is my problem with, with one of my many problems with this film is he's convincing, he convinces everybody like instantly, like, I'm me, and uh, I'm your husband, but um, your other husband is coming. The other me is coming, and she's like, what What the fuck's going on? Because it's just blowing her mind as well. 
but she's like, okay. I mean, it, he is my husband. He looks exactly like him, but he's got long hair. But she, he was like, you just gotta can tell him what uh, did he did he tell her he knew? Yeah, he told her. Okay. So I see this is another problem I have because they specifically told you that you cannot change or alter time. But that's all they've been doing. (laughs) Yeah. He's like everywhere he's going, he is changing and altering everything. People are dying. He's telling information and the future should be all messed up. Yeah. Because everything they do changes something i mean everyone that goes back in time uh at this point in in the film has has done something to to mess it all up (laughs) but uh, again uh, yeah i am getting a headache (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so he he convinces her she's like all right the uh, 1994 uh walker comes up and they they do whatever they did the beginning of the film and they end up going home and he's up goes home and smashes it uh, because it's the exact same thing again. She's getting ready to tell him that she's pregnant. The phone rings and he, uh, he's like, well, I need to go to work. But then when she goes downstairs, uh, the, uh, the 2004 Walker is down there and telling her, he goes, well, did you tell him? He goes, no, I couldn't. And he's like, well, then you need to do what you got to do to keep him upstairs because, uh, the, the future Walker knew that the bad guys were coming. Uh, to 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 kill her. He he never told her that she, that she was dead because she did ask him. Well, he goes because he told her I'm I'm from 2004 and she goes oh and he goes well how is it and how are we uh, in 2004 and he goes are are we still together and he didn't want to say that she was dead because yeah. that that probably would have blew her mind. Wouldn't <laughs> it be safer if they weren't in the house? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why he could have just put on a. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why he needed ninety four version of him to stay because they came there to kill him, didn't they? Yeah. Um. I mean, he could have just put on a mask or something and ran upstairs. All right, come on, you guys got to go and get him out of the house. But no, then there would have been no no fight scenes and shootouts and everything. Because yeah. while they she keeps him upstairs, that she she ends up telling him right upstairs that she was pregnant. Yeah. All right, so they're happy, but he's still. I still got to go to work. But then, um, when they try to leave, this is when the when the the bad guys show up. Um, because then uh, he gets beat up and kicked, and then he kind of he yeah, he falls. He falls down. Uh, they shoot him again. Uh, but two thousand four Walker is in the house kicking ass. Uh. Melissa kind of gets away because then she goes climbing up on the roof. And yeah, that's the best place to go. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand that. <laughs> I want to not run out the, the back door. Too. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the weather is, how how the winter is in uh, in Washington, D.C. I've never been there. But uh, the reason for those steep roofs, uh, especially here where it snows a lot, and I'm sure up there where you guys are. Um, so the snow falls off, but then I don't know, maybe they just designed this house that way, but, um, yeah, I don't think I'd be crawling on those roofs. I would definitely fall off, <laughs> but she's up there. Uh, the bad guys are chasing her. Um, 
1994 Walker. He he gets up, and that's when he opens it up, and you see that he's got his bulletproof vest on. He goes upstairs and, to to help her, right? Because yeah. then he's on the roof, and then the bad one of the but bad guys show up. I think 2004 is helping her <laughs> because I think 94 is fighting Metal Boots guy, and because he's getting his ass kicked by him. Oh, that's right. It is too okay. Yeah, because two thousand four is up on the, uh, on the roof. Yeah, uh, helping her because when she's uh, he she's on the roof still on, on on like the top top roof. He's kind of like on the second floor uh, fighting one of those dudes, um, and then he falls and he's holding on to the uh, the uh, the gutter mm-hmm. on the side of the house, and then she slips and falls somehow. But then she falls. And hangs on to uh, 2004 Walker's legs. And the bad guy, I don't know why he just didn't shoot him. So he'd fall, but he's like playing around with him, kind of stepping on his hands. She reaches in and grabs his gun, uh, his his 2004 uh, gun. And then he shoots that dude. And then that's how they're saved. He like throws her onto one of the balconies or something. And then they, they crawl down. So 94 Walker's is fighting with silver boots. Yep. Is that, are they in the house or outside? They are outside, I believe. And okay. I think he's just getting his ass kicked, and then he eventually he wins the fight. I forgot how, but... Do they see each other? 2004-94 Walker? I'm gonna say no. I don't think so either. Because this is when we get the standoff with... Uh, 2004 Macomb and 2004 Walker. I was like, because they had those uh, little futuristic C4 uh, cylinder bombs because they were going to blow up. And then Macomb was telling them, well, uh, well, I'm just going to blow up too as well. He goes, because 94 Macomb is going to go still be president in in 2004 but then um well walker's talking talking or when mccomb's talking to walker in walks in uh 94 mccomb and he's like what the hell are you doing here and he goes uh you called and, and told me to be here and i have a problem with this. another problem with this film uh, it turns out that Walker called 94 Macomb, 2004 Walker called 94 Macomb to come to this, to some stranger's house and Van Damme, who's never, ever tried to, uh, change his accent in any of his films. Cause his, um, <laughs> his accent is so thick. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume maybe he told the secretary or something. I don't know, but don't try to figure that out. <laughs> but anyway, he shows up and he's like, well, what? And then this, this, this was going to, this was going to ruin 2004 McCombs uh, plan. And this is where it was the worst, uh, CGI effect. Um, <laughs> I, only in the beginning, I did like the aftermath. Um, Walker throws, 94 Macomb into 2004 Macomb because earlier in the film they said uh, uh, Macomb was telling him his 94 himself don't touch me because two people uh, two things of the same matter can't be in the same place so 
Walker throws 94 Macomb at 2004 Macomb and he it, it's it's watch the ending on YouTube if you guys haven't seen this it looks so bad I was like ah <laughs> but he, he goes back his back 94 Macomb goes back on touches um, Macomb 2004 Macomb's gun and it goes right through him somehow and then they like splice together. They're it's all yeah. His gun sure does go right through him. Yeah, it just like went right through him, like it was like he wasn't even there. And 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 you get this. I think that was the only worst part of of that CGI effect. The it, CGI blob that happened. Yeah, I like that the aftermath. I mean, I liked how that looked, but when he turned when it, it just looks so phony and, and stupid but that's 94 cgi effects can 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 i just ask how does 94 macomb become 2004 macomb because this guy just really did not seem smart at all um that's why i asked earlier i i think 2004 Macomb was the reasoning the 94 Macomb became bad because he told him I assume he spilled his guts and told him to of, of what was to come that that's my that's my only yeah reasoning sense because 2004 Macomb is ruthless yeah his 94 self he just not so much he was hella weak like he didn't I, you couldn't see him become this uh, within 10 years, become this, uh, this bad guy that's running for president, but look what we got in there now. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, that, that's why I assume that 2004 Macomb was the reasoning for uh, the rise in crime that 94 Macomb became. But since both of them touched each other and they turned into this uh, pink bloody blob and then just disappeared. And so and that totally uh, blew time, messed up time because uh, Walker uh, saved his 94 self as well as his wife. And then he goes back into time into 2004. And then when he gets there. Uh, when he's in a little spaceship, he looks and the um, the the little the the name tag or the name stencil on the wall uh, was changed again. And was that the original? No, because that guy was dead. Uh, I, all I know is it didn't say Macomb anymore. Yeah, was it? I don't even think it was the the original person no, i think it was something different yeah something totally different because when they explode okay back in 2004 the timeline has changed for the better macomb mysteriously vanished oh it doesn't say what it said on the wall but anyway so when he goes back he finds out uh he talks to matuzak oh matuzak got got killed by the uh by the cops before um the last uh time jump to into the past um when uh walker convinced macomb to send me back to go find um fielding uh he was the one that they they were because at that point they were shutting down uh the yeah. tec so there was arm there was armed police and everybody in there but matuzak did the controls to help him shoot him back into time again 
but before he took off, he got shot by those cops, right? Yeah, but he's alive now because Macomb disappeared in 94, so he couldn't have a hand in his killing. So, yeah, so everything that... Science. <laughs> all this stuff of 2004, Macomb was uh, altered and changed. So Matuzak was still alive because I did like that because when he came back and walked into the office... Uh, he sees Matuzak and he's like, well, what are you looking at? And then, but he was kind of like happy that his friend was still, was alive again mm-hmm. because the last time he saw him, he was dead. So he's like, all right, the, I did what I had to do. The, everything's back. Well, I guess it's not back to normal, but it's a better 1990 or 2004 because he goes, he gets in his little uh, space age car and goes home. And he gets there, and it, his house is there. He goes up to the front door, and this little kid comes running out and goes, Dad, and, and runs up. And and then Melissa comes out. Uh, that looked like she did not age at all. But she did you did you feel like she was going to say something? Um, to reassure him, because he, of course, he has that look, like you know, he course he's never seen this kid which is kind of sad because there's a whole 10 years of this kid's life he missed all right this is what i think okay the 94 melissa uh was i want to know did she talk to the 94 walker and tell him hey man you're your 2004 self was just here and helped us uh survive this I mean, I want to know if she told her 94 husband that. I don't think so, because then he wouldn't have been so surprised to see his son. Uh, so I I just assume that she did mention something. That's why she never said nothing within those 10 years, because there's a 10 year gap that the that the 2004, the very first Walker that were, that were dealt with uh, from the beginning of the film does not know because I don't know. I want to know, did he go in the house and tell her, all right, this is what happened because that would probably blow her mind as well. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, uh, in my, in my past, you died in 94, but now then I went back in time and changed everything and altered all kinds of stuff and so, and saved you. So you didn't die. And now here we are. Because I think that would just like, what? They'd probably get a divorce and they, they, that would be the end of that. But um, yeah. the, the sad part of this whole thing would have been the 10 years that he lost with his son. Yeah. Like being born, growing up and everything. Because that little kid, he is like, he he know, he know he lived those 10 years. But that would suck. Like, hey, dad, remember when we did this? Or yeah. maybe she's... Even even his wife. Hey, remember yesterday you said you were gonna bring pizza home for dinner, and where is it? I mean, there's there's a lot of things like how would that blow your mind to like fuck, man? I mean, I how do you tell your wife that? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't I don't remember the his, his past mind ten years. Be gone anyways from all this constant time travel and changing things, and I don't know. That's time cop. <laughs> and another thing, okay. Uh, if this is was the the time the nineteen the the, the Melissa's uh, uh, timeline uh, up to this point of when Walker came back to t- two thousand four. 
back in 94, that house blew up again because it blew up in the beginning of the movie and then it blew up again in, in, in this, didn't it? Yeah. So he rolls up when to home. He should be at a a whole new house, or did they just rebuild it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I noticed that this watch. So they it, it, it says right here, um, Walker escaped. Two thousand four, Walker escapes with Melissa before the bomb explodes, and leaves her uh, beside his unconscious younger self before returning to the future. So the house did blow up. Yeah. But then the house she wouldn't be there in 2004. And there it is. I guess he is paid good to be a time cop. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that they either rebuilt that house. um, And I don't think they had that much money in in 94. But I don't know. I mean, that uh, there was many, many plot holes, many, many flaws in this film. Uh, but I still love it. <laughs> I mean, we talk, this is the first time I actually sat down and, and talked about this film other than, oh man, did you see Time Cop? Yeah, it was badass. I never really sat down and tried to figure out their, their science behind time travel. I don't think we even came close to figuring it out. Oh, no. I, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, there's so much stuff should, the world should have blew up. Uh, with all this uh, alterations, <laughs> but uh, the budget was twenty-seven million, and it boxed office a hundred and one point six million dollars. So it definitely uh, made its money. It got my money because I saw it twice uh, in the theater, and uh, multiple times buying it multiple times on the media, physical media. Um, and damn it, if it comes out in four K, I'm sure I'll buy it again. But uh, I, I was just going to ask, since it seems after we do these shows, something comes back out on Blu-ray or Steelbook. Which one of these movies is coming out? Um, they're both on Blu-ray. Uh, if anything, if Steelbook wise, I think they would do Demolition Man first, maybe for one of the anniversaries. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think any Van Damme film is in steelbook form. Um, I've seen one. It's like a import for Bloodsport. Uh, I'm going to have to look all that up because if that is, I'm getting it. It's uh, like 200 bucks or something. Oh, uh, forget that. That's, <laughs> it's way above my allowance. Um, but <laughs> scores. Time Cop, what do you give it? Um, I did enjoy it. I still do enjoy it. As Even though we shot through so many holes, like this was target <laughs> practice, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. I, I, I still have fun with it. Um, I, I like Van Damme's uh, fighting in it. There was a little bit of comedy in it. I liked... And I, I, even though the, the CG doesn't hold up, like you can still take it for what it is and have fun with it. Yeah, the CGI, just some of the CGI just did, did not hold up at all. Um, again, the time ripples and all that, I thought that was cool. That still holds up. Uh, the many, many plot holes uh, trying to figure this film out. Um 
I think that to me, I think it just upped my score because I was right around with you. I'm giving it a nine because, I mean, just trying to talk about it and having fun in the process. Uh, some of you might think this movie's stupid and we didn't make any sense talking about it. But, oh, man, I think this probably go down as one of one of the funnest episodes trying to figure <laughs> out this this damn movie. Uh, what did I say? Nine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely giving it a nine. Uh, this is something I can rewatch over and over. And um, if you guys love this film as well, just get some buddies and crack open and light up and try to figure out Time Cop. And if you do, let us know, because it's still blowing my mind, even talking about it for an hour. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even feel we came close to not figuring even. out Time Cop. No, not even. Everybody in it was cool from... Van Damme to uh, Maria Sarah, Mia Sarah to Ron Silver to all the bad guys and Silver Boots, whatever his name was. <laughs> uh, I love this film. Uh, it's probably my second favorite uh, Van Damme film uh, right after. Uh, I know this sentence may be blasphemous for everyone. I think my favorite one is, is Universal Soldier. I know everyone goes to Bloodsport or Kickboxer, but um, I think Bloodsport is my third favorite. But I, I really love this film. Uh, because, Like I said earlier, this was probably the only Van Damme film where you had to try to think and make some sense of it. But you can't. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, that's a 90, 1994's Time Cop. <laughs> sci-fi action uh, mindfuck I don't know which one to call it but... oh, yeah, put that on the blu-ray yeah uh, what did they okay they got it as action crime sci-fi alright yeah I, I can I can go with that um, time cop Van Damme <laughs> alright this is uh, part of the show where uh, tell the listeners what you got coming uh, we should have had this and that out, but uh, our work schedules have been really messing us up at the E-Society. Um, uh, the Zisu did drop a, uh, a BBQ Big Brother Quarantine uh, episode. It's in two parts. I think it's his longest. It's like an hour uh, over on Anchor. So definitely check that out. And uh I will be dropping another Blu-ray update over on our E-Society Anchor feed. Um, I got a lot in the mail, so I'll definitely be covering those. And hopefully a regular episode soon. It's it's just we work different schedules. He works early in the morning. I work in, at night, so it's kind of hard for us to to get something uh, going right now. But hopefully it will be soon this week. If, if not this weekend, it's hopefully... Uh, or I'm saying if it's not this week, this weekend, definitely we will have uh, some more stuff coming. And I know he's got with the uh, NBA uh, finals going on. He's got more NBA check ins. Um, the Lakers lost to the Nuggets uh, tonight or where we're, we're tomorrow, actually last night, yesterday. <laughs> but um, uh, really quick, uh, the sports returns. Who are you for? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a Rockets fan. So they're out. Yeah. So are you? Uh, I, I'm a fan of LeBron. So All right. I, I never, I never go for anybody in the Eastern Conference ever. So. Yeah. I, I gotta go. I gotta stick with the West Coast. So I gotta represent. I gotta go with uh, King James and the Lakers. Um, 
I think they can do it. I think it's going to be down to Boston, uh, the Celtics, and the Lakers. But who knows? I mean, anything can happen between now and then. So still got uh, a few more weeks of basketball, right? Yeah, which is weird because uh, the if, if everything was on schedule, the next season would start next month. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, this this has been a weird year, everybody. And uh, we're almost done. Hopefully, uh 2021 will be different. Um, but if we can get in the time time cop uh, way back machines, uh, we would definitely go back and uh, try to at least tell everyone to be prepared. Yeah, because <laughs> so. apparently going back in time doesn't really mess with time. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Horror Returns. Uh, we just dropped our episode doing the the crazies. Uh, the re- uh, the original and the remake that was with our guest uh, Deke Richards uh, he's got a, a nice documentary out called Tax Shelter uh, Terrors everybody check that out you can find it on YouTube and uh, next week is uh, our Alfred Hitchcock episode we're doing Vertigo and the Birds and we'll be joined by uh, Jack Falvey from Binge Media and as far as the action returns um we're gonna do something uh, a little bit newer, um, some some uh, eco UAs. Uh, we're gonna do a headshot, and the night comes for us. Headshot? Did I watch that one? They are both on Netflix. I've seen the the night come for us, and I'll save it. I have to rewatch it, and I'll, I'll save for what I thought about that one. But yeah, two uh, awesome films. Definitely a lot of a. Uh, kicking ass yeah. in those films so definitely get ready for all that everyone um, yeah again East Side will be out soon and yeah so till everyone till next time everyone thank you for listening and uh, party on and until the action returns everybody stay safe